I took a nap like an hour ago because okay. we were up late last night at Cora's and just bad sleep the night before as well. Yeah. Yeah. You were there with me. I mean, you weren't. I was texting you. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was there in spirit. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just multiple. I, I, I can fall. My body allows me to fall asleep after like nine and then requires that I get up at 530. There's no like, yeah. oh, you went to bed late. Let's just let's just lay in bed a little bit. Nope. You are. Awake. You are like the widest awake you will be the entire day right now at 530. Yeah. And there's yeah. no hope of falling back asleep. But I did manage. I took a rare nap. I don't know when it was like 430 or something. And I hate naps. Like every time you guys like there's some people who like praise the nap is like something that's very refreshing, rejuvenating. I took a nap and I like woke up this like slobbery, disoriented mess. Like, I didn't know where I was. I didn't know when I was. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know who I was. Yeah. And I was just trying to make dinner. And Claire was trying to talk to me. And I think I was just like, I don't know what you're saying right now. <laughs> like, I just, I, I'm so focused on these eggs. And that's the only thing I can focus on. <laughs> the The key to napping, at least as far as like I found, has been 15 to 20 minutes is is the 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 amount of time that it takes like okay you wake up you are refreshed you you feel rejuvenated you are ready to go if it's like anything longer than that especially if it gets into like the one to two hour mark destroys the rest of your day Ooh. and like you're just like done so yeah yeah like there's gotta be science behind good. this right maybe like the rim yeah. the rim cycles and stuff yeah. like that like at what point you want to cut it off like pull the ripcord before you get too sucked in right right <laughs> i think yeah that probably has something to do with it um let's just oh let's i'll i'll hit us with that with that sweet intro welcome to analog stick a playstation 2 podcast the podcast where every month we do a deep dive on one ps2 title we cover the game's development history discuss its legacy as well as share our thoughts and opinions on the game through a modern lens we release a new episode on the second of every month so subscribe or follow if you'd like to stay up to date with the show please support the podcast by leaving a review or rating on whatever platform you like to listen on you can find us on podcast platforms and YouTube as Analog Shtick. I'm your host, Clayton, joined as always by my robotic co-host, Morgan. Morgan, how are you? <laughs> That's my oh best my clank That was pretty attempt. good. Yeah, yeah. I tossed <laughs> yeah. it to you not knowing what clank line or voice you would do, and that was that was probably perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, this is, we'll jump right into the housekeeping segment. Uh, I rebranded the Joystick YouTube channel to just be Analog Stick. It's a minor thing. Not many people even Probably. find us on YouTube. No. <laughs> uh, mainly podcasts. But for like the 30 people that sometimes listen to the YouTube version for some reason, uh, we, we are love now you. Analog Shtick. Yeah. We love you and we changed our name. Hello. Yeah, we just rebranded it yeah. just to be one thing. I thought it made it more simple. Uh, I did make a new Joystick account just to have it, I guess, in case we wanted to. I don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't know what I would do with it, but I have it. <laughs> okay. I just thought it made more sense since it's like we've only posted this one thing for like a year. So yeah, it's yeah, fine. That makes sense. Uh, and I really am not putting too much. I would like to revamp. Uh, I've got like a clips format that I'm like working with. I'm trying to find like a good like video component to like a shorts or a TikTok or like a, just a clips thing that would be like nice and easily repeatable so I could pump out some clips, get some get some favor from the YouTube algorithm or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I'd like to, I'd like to put more focus on like that front of things. Um, I say that having just put up 
probably the laziest video version of the podcast that I've ever put up, which was the Sonic Heroes. Oh, video. did you catch that one by chance? Yes, and I actually have something to say about it because Sage, <laughs> my beloved husband, came busting into my office and he was like, "Whose gameplay footage is that?" And I was like, "Well, it's definitely not mine." And he was like, "Well, whoever was playing it." is terrible and no wonder you guys didn't enjoy the game because you didn't even understand how it worked and i'm like listen we tried like dude i am so happy that he said that because i i looked at my phone the other day and i'm like sage called me and i texted yeah. him i'm like did you mean to call me and he's like i don't know what he said he's like uh whatever yeah <laughs> i was like matter. well because i told him i was like well if you have an issue with it you got to take it up with clayton because like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> So he like so, told you, I guess. So for those of you, most of you who did not catch the uh, the video version of the Sonic episode, um, normally for the video version of the podcast, we don't like record our faces or anything. It's literally just like gameplay footage. My goal is to record while I'm playing so I don't have to like replay it to get more footage. And ideally it doesn't loop ever. It just lasts for like two or three hours and i can just have that going in the background is just some visual interest for you for you monkeys i don't know why i said that <laughs> you. <laughs> you beloved listeners yeah i love no beloved listeners are on audio platforms okay. monkeys the monkeys oh, those no. are on youtube oh, you guys no. are the monkeys <laughs> hey shout out to the monkeys though y'all are wild um <laughs> anyway 30 of you strong or whatever it is on youtube right right <laughs> But yeah, the video version of Sonic was just the first level because I had to record it like a couple days before the episode went up or maybe like the day before because I just I had my setup has been in turmoil and I have not been able to like capture footage uh, while I was playing it. So my schedule got all messed up and I was just like, OK, I'm going to play it now. I have time. And I just remembered how much I hate the game. And I just sat. I like played for a little bit and then I got to a part where I was like, wait, I don't remember what to do. And then I just sat there for like yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just I remember that. <laughs> turned it off and looped it a couple times. It was probably the the most offensive <laughs> amount of low effort that I could have put into it. But I'm like, I just don't have time for Sonic <laughs> at oh this point. Oh my God, that's so funny. No, because I do. So I... It's funny that you were calling people who listen to the YouTube version monkeys because I am one of the monkeys. You're one like, of the you're the I, leader of the monkeys. Yeah. I guess. Um because I will put on the video but I will like lock my phone and just shove it in my pocket and like listen to it just because like that's mainly what I do on YouTube anyways. I'll like put on a video and just like listen to it while I walk around and do chores and stuff. Um and like and at one point I did sit down and was like kind of watching the gameplay and I I it was at the point where you were just standing there and I was like what is he like looking up a walkthrough or something like what's happening why is he taking so long to move and but also i was like oh yeah i remember this part and i also got stuck here and didn't know what to do so like whatever yeah i just like yeah it makes sense i was like you know what if it was any other game i'd push through right now yeah but not for this one i'm just gonna let this one go this yeah. will be the, i'll take the l on this one okay <laughs> um but yeah so Going forward, I would love to put more time into like the YouTube version and like show relevant footage to what we're discussing, but that would be like a whole nother ordeal for like the least viewed version of 
the show. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know, maybe at some maybe at some point there will be enough reason for me to push through that. I don't know. I know it's like a egg and or chicken and egg thing where it's like, yeah, I put no effort into it. <laughs> and it will probably stay the least viewed version of the show for that reason. But <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah. What were we talking about? Now analog stick. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then on to other housekeeping. Yeah. So uh thing. also write in with any questions or feedback to analog stick mail at gmail. That started like a couple days ago. I forgot to put the link in the description of the Sonic episode. Probably a good thing. Probably <laughs> wanted to keep people from writing in on that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that I'll I'll probably stick it in the the link to every episode just to have it there. Uh, just accumulating feedback. Anyone who's got anything to say, any grievances to air, questions. Yeah, questions too. I was I was expecting it to be hostile, but it could just be a question. I was gonna say, don't set the precedent for being hostile. We just we want to have civil discussions, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, civil discussions. I don't want to throw down with anybody. <laughs> Yeah, we'll just be gathering some questions and stuff, and eventually we'll throw out, I don't know. I'm thinking we'll throw out a bonus episode at some point where we just respond to listener inquiries. All right, so 45 minutes of our Sonic the Heroes episode was dedicated to Naruto, so I think the fans deserve an update. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, also, sorry if you wanted to listen to Ratchet and Clank stuff right off the bat. um, We have to weed out the week. With the Naruto. Yeah, we, got, we have to make sure you're strong enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to discuss Naruto for a little bit. You know, skip forward like 20 minutes if you want to try to dodge this segment. But <laughs> anyway, I think between whenever we recorded the last episode and now, I started watching the series. I'm on the first series, just Naruto. I finished the tuning, tuning exams mm-hmm. recently. Um, uh, Clayton cut this. Um, but the, the tuning exams end with, yes. Okay. Yeah. I have you, have that. you seen I was, that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I didn't know if the art, I didn't know if I was like blending two arcs together, but yeah. Okay. Um, so I, I finished the tuning exam arc. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would say like the, the tuning exams sort of like come to an end when Sasuke and Gara both like just run off and you're like, or no, I think, or is it just Gara that runs off? Yeah. yeah, like Gara runs off and then Sasuke's after him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then they're like chasing each other through the woods for like a handful of episodes. And then Saratobi, the third Hokage, and Orochimaru are just like in a standoff for so mm-hmm. long. For Very so long time. Too long. Um, too long. Yeah. I So I wanted to get into, like, I love a lot of things about the show. I also hate a lot of things about the show. And yeah, a lot of the right? things I hate come down to just the general format of, I don't know, like, if am I, like... Anime is tropey, you know, it's like they have this character and then there's like isekais and like these formats that like some animes follow. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if like, uh, so I know Dragon Ball does this as well, but like the whole like we have a fight that lasts 20 episodes and there's like thousands of flashbacks and like constant like interrupting of like the flow of the episode I don't know if that is a trope of anime, despite it happening in many like serialized anime, or if it's like just more related to like the medium that it's being published as like a weekly episodic thing. Like, I don't know. Like if this was more, if, if, if there was like a future version of Naruto where it was like condensed, like Uh I imagine that stuff would be gone and, and it would still be anime. Like, I don't, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think there might be a couple reasons for um for for why this show is like formatted the way it is um in terms of like constant interruptions and like flashbacks and stuff and 
part of that, I think it was like the original way in which it was aired was like, this is like on TV. There is no like on demand, like when the show was being like produced. So like that too. Yeah. You have to like catch the episode every week and there might be weeks where you like missed. So those flashbacks are helpful to viewers who like might have like forgotten certain things between watching episodes or maybe they missed a few episodes Mm -hmm. and they still like want context. Also, I'm sure recycling certain like shots and like segments of animation massively cuts down on the budget. Massively cuts down. (laughs) Saves like a lot of time. And so you can produce more episodes quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, Shippuden, the next series fixes a lot of like the flashback episodes um, or sorry, not the flashback episodes, but the, the constant cutting to flashbacks like like Shippuden will not. In in the vast majority of cases, cut back to something that somebody said literally like five minutes ago. Whereas mm-hmm. Naruto does that a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's you know, um, the the that's pacing good. that way is probably um a big improvement. But yeah, yeah, they they definitely could not take into account the like streaming future where I'm just watching every episode back to back. Although I guess it would have been. Oh wait, wait, wait! I don't even know when were when were DVDs pop. When when did the, when did the show start? Two thousands, right? It wasn't. I think so. Ninety. The the original manga came out in nineteen ninety five, I think, mm-hmm. and I don't think it was made into a show until like I don't know early two thousands, if not like that's like shockingly recent. Like in my head, this was a maybe the anime started in the nineties or something, but yeah. mm-hmm. um, no, no, I don't think it did. Yeah, I wonder if like um because I mean obviously like serialized content was like not like super readily available in the VHS era because of the limitations of, you know, time on a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with DVDs and stuff, I don't know. I would love to watch a cut of this where it's just like, I wonder like how much you could cut out. Like yeah. if you cut out like the flashbacks, would it still like flow right? And like the flashbacks and then like the intro recaps and stuff like that. All <sighs> of It's so like, because I could, I mean, like you can literally skip like maybe like a third of every episode or something. Yeah, um, that's why. So like when Sage and I were watching it, um, we were like liberally using the fast forward button or like this the skip ten seconds button to skip through the flashbacks and just like get to like okay, well, what's happening now? Because we already know. Um, mm-hmm. I know that there is like a condensed. Um, version of naruto that somebody has put together but that also i don't know i haven't like watched it because when i started i was like opting in like oh yeah sure i'll watch the filler because like i want to i want the full experience i want to be able to judge the thing for like how it is um so i don't i don't actually know how it flows um but i'm assuming it can get kind of choppy at times Mm. um i think that i would like to just I, I I think I've also given up on filler because I was kind of adamant, like, oh, I have to watch the show. I mean, I'm not going to not watch the show if I'm watching the show. Mm-hmm. But I think that I probably will just focus on the arcs going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love if I could just, like, read one sentence, like a one sentence, like what this filler episode is as yeah. I skip them. Well, That'd like I good. said, one of my favorite episodes is actually a filler episode. And I don't remember when that comes in you might be getting close to it maybe um i wonder like what the feel of a filler episode would be if you were you know in in 2000 whatever like watching this weekly i i think about that a lot even for like the main episodes where i'm like would i be satisfied if i just like saw this amount of this episode like something cataclysmic happened last episode 
and right. they just like barely get into it this episode. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that would be satisfying or not. Well, Pokemon would do that too. Mm-hmm. Where like you would have like a whole episode where like nothing happens. I remember as a kid like trying to watch that and getting like frustrated. Like, mm, where's, yeah. the, where's the content? <laughs> yeah, where's yeah. the when is stuff gonna happen? Yeah, it would just pacing is kind of funky. Um, mm. But there have also been um, there was actually an arc in Shippuden that I just watched that was two episodes and it just like threw so much information at me and I was like I wanted to savor that more and you cut oh, yeah, you, like yeah. cut it. It was so like condensed where it's like, I think this thing should have a significant emotional impact. And it's you just like bum rush through it. Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. So that was but that's the only arc that I've had that happen with so far. Everything else I've been kind of like, all right, let's go. Mm-hmm. I, I think the tuning exams are pretty well paced, but yeah, it's, it's it was really fun. I mean, there's like a lot of like sub arcs, I guess, within that arc, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, and they're all very the neji, good. the neji thing. Neji How fucked stuff? up is that? It's just like there's so they introduce so many characters in that arc, and I'm uh-huh. like, oh, these must be just like filler guys or whatever. And I'm like, no. I care about I care about like literally all of these people that right? introduced. Like they're 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 so like unique, despite being just like I'm like, oh, these are side characters. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, oh my gosh, these are all like very, despite or they're the women being like horribly. Yes. <laughs> the women are I, like, so dirty. The women are just like real bad it's it's like they have nothing <laughs> which is so yeah. sad some of their character designs are really sweet but yeah they just they almost have something and then they don't yeah um, and occasionally it'll be like oh my god like sakurai's just like jumping in trying to save Sa- that's cool oh that's it yeah shit's okay that's over it, um, her her most like i think like girl boss moment so like the thing that oh, they, they always, cut their hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, they cut their hair. It's like whoa, and then like nothing happens. However, I would just like to point out that my favorite moment of that fight that I was like, oh holy shit, Sakura's going off the rails, was when she uses the substitution jutsu twice, and so they're like throwing like knives at her, and they're like, and it just like poof, and it's like a log. But then the third time it happens, she just like tanks the hit and oh, takes yeah, the knives, yeah. and I was like, holy shit, Sakura. That was amazing. But then like nothing happens. And then Rock Lee has to come in and like, I'm going to save you. And it's oh, like, yeah, okay. That like, also kind of sucks. Like the interactions yeah. with females also suck. Yes. Like that part of Rock Lee's character is like, okay, like I get it. That's like a, I guess this is, this is the anime trope that we're getting into. Like mm-hmm. the sort of like head over heels, like, I don't know. Yeah. Mega and, fixation with a character or something. But yeah. Yeah. Again, Shippuden does actually sort of fix some of those issues like sakura um a lot of i'm sorry there's, there's a tree outside my window that's going crazy <laughs> with like the wind and stuff um but a lot of the way that sakura was handled in naruto was like driving me up a wall but in shippuden she's actually at a place now where i like i have a so much respect for sakura and like actually like she is like i i appreciate her a lot and and like her as a character um sakura has like a lot of haters um i think and i i fault like the writing for that and also people kind of like to shit on women sometimes but like you know what you gonna do what are you talking about people people love women all the time um (laughs) anyway i don't want to i we're talking about naruto a lot and we said we were going to but i don't want to yeah i don't want to spend too long i'll just say i love so many of the characters bug guy Love Shino. Bug Guy. Yeah. Shino's cool. I forget the names. Yeah, yeah. No, did but, you uh, did you see the sorry, did you see the spot where like Shukamaru was like pretending to be asleep 
Do you remember that? Yes. Where, like, the bad guys attack oh, at yeah, the end yeah. of the tuning exams. Oh, my God, yes. And yes. Sakura's like, you idiot, what are you doing? You can't just sleep. I didn't want to have to do anything. Yeah, they're, like, yeah. under attack. Yes, they've all been, like, like, they've all been, like, secretly put to sleep. And yeah. Sakurai and this, this one other person's, like, evaded it or whatever. And it's yeah. just, like, oh, I just didn't want to have to do anything. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, I just pretended to be. I just pretended to die. What a drag! <laughs> he is. He. I. It's like I see that character, and we're introduced to him fairly early on, and it's just like I would never have guessed that it. it's like you're going to make me love this character. Right, like, right. <laughs> this is great. Oh man, his his like he just doesn't want to do anything, and he's like mega smart, mm-hmm. and he, it's like no one realizes. It. It's so funny. He's like um, the ultimate gifted kid. Oh man, the part. Fuck, we're going to spend way too long talking about this. Um, The part where um, he's like, okay, I'm the one who needs to go back and like distract these dudes or whatever. And then his his instructor jumps in the last minute. I'm like, oh, I love this dude. I love all the instructors now too. I love the kids. I love the adults. Uh There's no one I don't love in this show. Right, right. It's so good. Even even the evil kids, even the Sand Village kids. It's like, I still kind of love them. I love them. Yeah. I love them so much. Yeah. I love, so, okay. So I've been watching... I've got like this rule for myself with the dub versus sub and I'm down to watch like, mm, like filler ish uh, stuff with dub or whatever dubbed and just like kind of go about my business as I'm, cause I don't have to pay attention to it. Like watch it that way. I can just kind of like do dishes or whatever mm-hmm. and still kind of advance the story. But if there's like a fight or like a major episode, I do insist on like watching it subbed because I feel like, it feels less corny whenever there's action and it's in Japanese. I don't know why, but yeah, probably because that's what the animation was made for, so the lines flow a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, I like Rockley and Gara's fight. It's like oh man, the the sub is like really really satisfying to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rockley's most of the most of the voice actors are fine in English, but I do specifically love Gara's a lot. I like Gara's voice actor. In the English dub. He sounds like a little creep. I know. He's like super creepy. I love him. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That that can be the end of the Naruto discussion. (laughs) Let's get into this goddamn opening topic 30 minutes into this show. So after our previous opening topic, let's get into this new opening topic. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I hope this isn't one that we got to break up into multiple recording sessions, but we'll see. I wanted to discuss PlayStation mascots for our opening topic Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, I would feel like the only other like of Xbox, Nintendo and PlayStation, Nintendo's definitely had the most like stable array of, you know, IP and mascot characters and stuff like that. Sony's probably second. Microsoft's weird with like Halo. I guess it's the mascot of Xbox. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, they it's have weird. Cortana. Yeah, they got Cortana. Yeah. You know? They got a, they got a Marcus Phoenix. You know, Marcus Phoenix. I don't know who that is. He's the Gears dude. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Marcus Phoenix? That's his name, yes. That's special, um, I think. I guess they have, like, Viva Pinata. I don't even know. What, Viva Pinata. Anyway, we're not talking about the Xbox mascots. Okay. I wanted to discuss some... I feel like PlayStation also has, like, an array of mascots, but I'd like to narrow it down to one person. Okay. Like, who would be, like, the best representation of PlayStation or like serve as the best mascot to like represent, you know, the, the multifaceted, you know, PlayStation audience or whatever. 
Um, and I just I just wrote down like a couple of the big ones that come to mind. Okay. Uh, I split it up into like modern options that are like actually realistic. And then like some older ones that maybe have like been suitable mascots at one point in time or another. Um, and we can discuss those, I guess, a little bit. Uh, but Nathan Drake of Uncharted, very plain vanilla type character, you know. He's he's a perfectly fine character. He does give off default human vibes to me yeah, personally. Just um, the way he looks. Mm-hmm. It's good. He's a well-made character. You know, he's well-written. He's got all this fun stuff in the game. But, you know, just, just based off looks, which I think is a big part of the mascot energy, mm-hmm. I feel like it's appropriate, but at the same time, it's like, it's not the most exciting pick, I don't think. Um, we got Aloy from Horizon, the uh, the main, the lead lady. Mm-hmm of uh, the horizon series i think it's a solid pick i'm not like too too big on the horizon series but it feels like a nice pick and unlike the next pick which we'll get into it's a much less dark you know world and stuff which i feel like you want you don't want to pick uh ellie from the last of us who's the next person i'm going to discuss it's like this is the face of playstation you know this game where you just you know murder countless people the most like gruesome way possible mm-hmm. um we're not going to make that the mascot, even though it may be like the best selling, like individual, like unique Sony IP. I'm not sure. Um, and it may be like one of their most important games, but at the same time, it feels it feels like it'd be a strange pick. Um, next up, Ratchet and Clank, which is still a modern franchise. I don't know how you feel about Ratchet and Clank as being like the face of PlayStation, despite like kind of leaving for like an entire generation, basically. Leaving. Yeah, they weren't um, really on the PS4. I mean, they had they the had remake. one game. They had they had the remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no new games really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like Astrobot would be my personal favorite, with it being like the pack-in game. It's a game about showcasing different like PlayStation games and stuff. It feels like a very nice, like all-encompassing pick. Uh, Spider-Man. But not really, because that's not really real. It'd be very strange yeah, to be like, Spider-Man, well, Sony, is, it, is it the best-selling game? I don't know. Yes. Does Sony own it? Yes. Yes. These are all yeses. But it's <laughs> like, it is Spider-Man from Marvel, and it feels weird uh-huh. to be like, yep, that's the face of PlayStation. Did they use the same font for the PS3, the fat PS3? Mm-hmm. Yes. They did. But is it right? I don't think so. I don't think no. so. Also got Kratos, which I feel like of the like M-rated Sony games is maybe the best one because it's got the longest legacy and it's kind of a unique character. Yeah. I guess. But even then, he's like undergone some revisions. He used to be this like a uh, little womanizer with some sex mini games and now he's this dad, sad dad man. <laughs> yeah. Um, sad dad simulator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Sackboy, which I feel like was a very good like pick for like a mascot for Sony for a while and may have, I feel like they acted as the Sony mascot for a while too, because it does a, a similar thing to Astro Bot where there's a lot of like costumes and stuff within the game for like Ratchet and Clank and other Sony like IPs and stuff. But Media Molecule has kind of like fallen off a cliff like for the past, I don't know, seven years while they were working on Dreams. And there's not really ever probably going to be a, a normal little big planet game again. I don't know. So that that franchise seems to be a little a little fumbled. Um, and then we got Knack. For, for meme potential. For meme potential. 
Nah, he's good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, of these modern options, do any of these, like, speak to you? Or do you think would be, like, interesting to, like, push as, like, hey, this is our dude now? Um, I think, I personally think Astro Boy is the strongest, just because that's what, this is, or sorry, Ast- not Astro Boy, Astro Bot. I wasn't going to correct you, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that that's like, this is the PlayStation branded game, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what that was, that was from. So he is, or they are specifically crafted to be like um, this sort of like, just little guy that you can, that you can use to make references to other PlayStation titles. And I feel like that's probably the strongest way to do it. Sackboy, I think once held that position. Yes. But like you said, with the dropping of the bag. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i don't think that that would be a smart move to like take a dead franchise and be like this is our guy mm-hmm. now i gotta say astrobot much better name than Sackboy. there was always something that rubbed me a little wrong with the name Sackboy. Sackboy, yeah i didn't really want to tell my parents about Sackboy. it seemed inappropriate <laughs> um but yeah i i i love little big planet it's probably one of like my most formative one of my most formative games that i've probably ever played yeah. Little Big Planet 1 and 2. Very important to me. But it's just like it's gone. You missed the opportunity. Right. Media Molecule's not behind it anymore. It's like they were probably the most important aspect of that. And now they're just, you know, fucking Squandering. off to dream territory. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. It's it's. I don't know what's going on over there. I think they're <laughs> pulling the plug on dreams as well. Like, Oof. Yeah, I, I think I'm also Astrobot. The one hangup I have with Astrobot is how representative is it of like modern PlayStation? Like this is the console with like a bunch of like, you know, mature sad dad titles. Simulators. Yeah. Sad dad simulators. You could say, um, that would be one way of putting it. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe eh. they need to make an Astro bot where he has a little Astro boy and yeah. is trying to lead him through the wasteland. That is that universe. Astro baby. Mm-hmm. Astro baby. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> He also has a beard now. That'd be good. <laughs> and uh, a gun slung over his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I would love more Astro Bot games. That was one of the most like polished like platformers that I've played. It's like a Nintendo level of polish in a platformer, which is really nice to see. Yeah, it's and like very... the whole like PlayStation Hall of Fame stuff was just adorable. It really was. It yeah. was fun. Yeah. Every time I saw something, I'm like, oh, that's that thing. I'm like Leonardo in that meme. Like, it's the it's thing. It's the thing, yeah. Oh, my God. It's that game that I played. I know that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's um, – I think we're in agreement. Astro Boy makes sense for PlayStation. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to, you know, the PlayStation executives listening, there you go. You know, what more do you want from us? Uh, now, retro picks. Mm-hmm. I have a couple. Okay. Um, and I, I kind of want to know, like – if any of these you associate with being like a PlayStation mascot, even so like Spyro, despite being owned by universal and crash as well, I guess, um, mm-hmm. I feel like we're both very iconic, like PlayStation characters. I don't know. Like if you had to pick one or the other, I don't know which way you would lean because I feel like there's a good argument for both. Yeah. Um, was crash. See, I feel like crash Spyro was like, um, crash is like little brother. I think mm-hmm. is like the vibe that a lot of people have in terms of like the popularity of the games and stuff like that. So I think Crash would be, even though I personally prefer Spyro, I think Crash is the would be the more like popular pick. I think so too. I think that I like 
Spyro as a character more than Crash for being a mascot. It feels like you don't want some unhinged mascot. I don't know. But Spyro's just like, hey, I'm a cool dragon. Yeah. Crash is just like, wah, woo, wee, wah. You know what I mean? It's like a little little police car one running around. Um, (laughs) Wah, woo, wee, wah. Crash, 1998. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like Crash is probably like a a more accurate, a truer pick, but I, I think I would personally lean towards Spyro. Um, now, of the PlayStation 2 generation, with like Ratchet and Clank, mm-hmm. Sly Cooper, and Jack and Daxter, I don't know, like, I feel like those are the three picks for like mm-hmm. a sort of kid-friendly mascot uh, at, to the same level of Spyro and Crash. Now, which of these do you go for? There's again, I think a good argument for all of them. <sighs> Yeah, so I feel like Ratchet and Clank really hits, um, aesthetically speaking, the early two thousands like cool kids aesthetic. Just, just like based on like vibes alone, like you mm-hmm. have this like kind of like streetwise like, um, scrappy like little guy, little lombax. Every kid wanted to be a guy. little lombax that yeah. smoked like five packs a day or whatever. Right, right, right. That's what Ratchet does. He smokes five packs a day. Um, like, like, because he has like the hoverboard and he has like the cool guns, a cool car slash spaceship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that fits like like its era very well. That being said, I feel like Sly Cooper has the the his like color scheme of like the mm-hmm. blue and like the the black and like gray really suits the ps2 branding image um mm-hmm. you know because you have like this like sleek black box with like the blue sleek letters on it and that and that sort of thing and like the the intro is like i don't know <laughs> interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know how to explain it because it's so you know it's unique it's its own thing mm-hmm. um but jack and daxter i think sort of captures both of those things maybe but he's not really after the first game he's not family friendly anymore. That's right. He's definitely yeah. the least consistent throughout all of them, I'd say. It's a so. little bit edgy. Mm-hmm. You know? I I think personally I I I I think I would go as far to say as like Sly Cooper, Bentley and Murray as like characters are I think just stronger character like they're stronger conceptual characters. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah, hands down. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, they kind of knew what they were going for mostly right away, I'd say, with that first game. I mean, obviously refined throughout yeah. the second and third. Definitely, but, yeah. Um, I feel like they all had like a little bit of a shaky start as far as really nailing who these characters are and how they are written and stuff. But I just, I really like Sly's design. Mm-hmm. I really like his little gaggle of thieving friends. It's, uh, it's good. I'd, I'd cast my vote for Sly. It is cool that like, yeah. you know, Spyro and Crash, Naughty Dog and Insomniac, two very important developers for that time. Mm-hmm. And then continuing with Insomniac uh, and Naughty Dog, but now with Sucker Punch and Sly Cooper. And then like going forward to today, it's like, yeah, these are still like the main dudes. We got like Sucker Punch, Insomniac and Naughty Dog out here still making like the most important games for PlayStation. It's neat. Good for them. <laughs> I know it's cool. It's yeah. cool that they've like kept these studios despite them being in like a second party relationship for a very long time. Now, um, 
I threw in here Cole McGrath for some reason. I don't really know what I was thinking whenever I said that. Again, I think it's even worse than Nathan Drake as far as just generic he's looking just a male. Guy. He's he doesn't just even guy. have he's he has a shaved head. He bald, man. That's even now, more generic. <laughs> That's my kind of dude, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I do like him more in the second. I feel like in the first game he's very generic, but in the second game he's. Have you played Infamous? Yeah, you have, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like in the second game he becomes a bit more of like a, like a punk rocker type dude. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like, what Delson uh, is. Yeah, also Delson's the, like major that. The name Delson just kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Delson. Delson. Yeah. Hey, bro, my name's Delson. Like, <laughs> I just can't take it seriously. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I never played Infamous Second Son really. I played like the intro of it because it was just like included with all the PlayStation 5s and mm-hmm. stuff, but it was very pretty, very yes. you know, m- much particles, but you know, yeah. I didn't didn't play it very long. But yeah. Um I also see you have Cloud on the list. Yes. Who I do like, but I feel like he's more of the Final Fantasy mascot. Yeah, he is. So he's already you know, obviously taken. an an essential PlayStation classic one character yeah you know an essential playstation one game but i think you're right the fact that they're not like now final fantasy is like (laughs) sometimes it feels like borderline a playstation exclusive franchise Mm -hmm. despite it not actually being a playstation exclusive not anymore yeah yeah but like 16 is ps5 only Uh, oh it is seven remake never came to anything else oh um it was like Pitched as exclusive for like a year, I think, and it just never came anywhere else. Oh, it might be on PC okay. though. It might be on PC because like thirteen was on Xbox too, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think PC. But yeah, yeah, and then like the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters, that's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be fair, that had less of a PlayStation. Well, it had no PlayStation association because it wasn't around yet. But yeah, that's hmm. uh, just a neat one. I feel like. I feel like there's an argument for Cloud, even if he's not going to make it. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I have is Fat Princess. I don't know if you're familiar with Fat Princess. You know, I'm actually not. I have no idea what she's from. I've never. Yeah. Go ahead and give Fat Princess a Google. Okay. Um, it's an action, like, strategy game. Um, I see. Where I believe you're trying to capture the other team's princess. And to make your princess more difficult to capture, you're, like, force feeding her. To make her fatter. Oh, that's weird. Very strange Sony exclusive. <laughs> that's like stepping into like kink territory. Oh, it like... is, isn't it? <laughs> this was a this was a different time. This is something that I don't know. There was a there was a fat princess reference in Astro Bot. Oh. And okay. I feel like that is the most anyone's ever gonna get away with. Okay. Mentioning Fat Princess again at Sony. <laughs> like, all right, all right. Um, what a dangerous game to <laughs> just openly associate with at this point. Yeah. Anyway, that is that is the opening topic. I, I, we we're just kind of naming people. You know, it's like Nathan Drake. Yeah. Ratchet and Clank. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, let's get into the game at hand, Ratchet and Clank, before we discuss our most recent playthrough and our opinions. Let's uh, let's give you all a little bit of background info on Insomniac and the Ratchet & Clank development. So, in partnership with Universal, Insomniac Games were the developers behind the very successful Spyro the Dragon trilogy for the PlayStation 1. 
Um, and after this partnership ended with Universal Insomniac Games, began working on what would become Ratchet and Clank. Uh, this time partnered with Sony as their publisher. So some of the research I did, um, so I managed to find some articles in, in like interviews with developers um, that were what what gaming magazine did they make an appearance? It in? was Game Freak, I think. Yeah, Game was Freaks. Wait, wait, was one. Was I was like Game Freak, and I'm like Pokemon. Wait, no. Yeah, Game Freaks. Yeah, plural. yeah. Um, and then and there then was, it was like a game developer magazine, like a magazine for game developers. Um, yeah, I yeah. Don't it remember just says, what it was called. Let me click on the link and figure that out. Open. It does just say game developer on archive.org. <laughs> okay. So I guess the magazine is just called game developer. And then yep. what's the top 100 games of all time thing? Um, that was that website that we reference occasionally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so I was digging around through the internet archives to sort of like get, you know, what people, what, what the developers were saying about Ratchet and Clank back in the day. And I found some like interesting stuff. So according to developers, the game was inspired by Spyro, Mario 64, Zelda, and Super Metroid. So sort of like, you know, some platforming adventure, probably like a little like puzzle elements to it. You know what I mean? Where like Zelda sort of has a similar formula with, uh, you know, like the the gadgets and um, I'm trying to blank. What would you Zelda call them? Has, they're just Items? like key objects. Key like, objects. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the progression is like tied to like these yeah what are they called like if you had to group i guess key items i don't know yeah yeah what would you gadgets i mean that's what they're called match and clank but that feels like that's not what they're called in zelda is it whatever wouldn't it be funny if they were called gadgets anyway uh maybe but anyway so before um insomniac started working on ratchet and clank um there was a precursor a prototype that nowadays they refer to as girl with a stick um, and basically, it was meant to be a adventure game heavily influenced by Mayan art and culture. But they were having a lot of issues with the development, sort of like the uh, the world wasn't as vibrant um, and sort of like trying to find a balance uh, between like something that was visually appealing, but also like realistic. And the team basically just wasn't vibing with it. Like nobody was like excited about it. They were sort of like it was just just having time uh trouble getting it off the ground and and the team you know they said that they weren't used to the style and in the end uh the partners at insomniac decided to prioritize the team's morale and enthusiasm and scrapped it which honestly i have a lot of respect for that because i know that there are you know probably some corporate executives somewhere they're like too bad we've sunk resources into this we're going to see it through to the, to the end you're just going to bang your head against a wall the whole time but we're just going to shove it out there you know what i mean mm -hmm. do you know uh, real quick if there's any like screenshots or gameplay footage like did they have anything like up and running for this there are screenshots i think i typed in girl with a stick and i got a bunch of stock photos <laughs> oh uh we, you could try insomniac girl with a stick i know there's oh yeah Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the project, it was, they call it Girl with a Stick, but another code name they had for it was I-5, like Insomniac's fifth game. Right, um, yes. Yeah. So you can see, like, some of the, the concept art is still floating around on the internet, and it looks fine. Generic, I guess. Yeah, generic. I think generic was, like, a big, a big problem that they had with it, which was, like, why they weren't excited about it. Oh, man, it's giving me vibes of that TMNT game right now. Yeah, right, where it's sort of, like, the color palettes are kind of, like, subdued mm -hmm. yeah just not super like it doesn't have like a wow factor to it like ratchet yeah, does, yeah, yeah. and we'll get to that 
But so another fun thing about Ratchet and Clank's development. So Naughty Dog shared some of their background rendering technology um, that they developed for Jack and Daxter. And basically gotcha. what they did was they called Ted Price, who was like the head of Insomniac. I don't know his official title, but they're like, hey, Ted, See here, you. you can come to our studio and we're going to give you some of our rendering technology. The only thing we ask in return is that if you make any like advancements or developments with with it, just like share it with us. And so it was sort of like just this like open ended like invitation of like, let's collaborate, which is like really mm-hmm. cool because like. Yeah, they're not they're not even part of the same family at that point. They're yeah. all. I think Naughty Dog is with Sony permanently now. I'm not sure. But Insomniac is just like, uh, you know, they're just collaborating on this game uh, or they're just, you know, working with them as a publisher. They're not like under the umbrella of Sony yet. So it's pretty, pretty neat to just be like, hey, potential, you know, competitor. Right. Here you go. And, And to see like an opportunity instead of like competing and trying to like undercut each other to be like, hey, let's share technology and then the improvements benefit everybody. Like that's a nice way to look at it, I think. And then in Ted's um, postmortem of Ratchet and Clank. So for those who might not be familiar, a postmortem, it's not something that is exclusive. It's after they die. They, they have this thing, <laughs> well, that's this statement written. Well, that's like yeah. the literal version of it. But um, so, so post, <laughs> postmortems aren't something that is like exclusive to game development. It's also like a big part of um, project management. And it, it's basically like after, you know, you've wrapped a project and all of the work is like completed, you go back and analyze, you know, the processes and like the work that you did to highlight like areas where we did a really good job, stuff that we want to repeat and stuff where we really struggled and want to improve. Um, Mm. So it's really good for, you know, taking a step back and being like, how can we do better next time? And, and so I found um, Ted's uh, postmortem in the uh, game developer magazine. And so what he said was there was a huge emphasis on prototyping in the development of Ratchet and Clank. So like prototyping of, I think probably like weapons, the weapons and gadgets was probably, you know, that was, mm-hmm. that was really important for um, getting those uh, to a spot where they felt fun and, and balanced. He also said that the developers were on a tight schedule to make um, the deadline for pre-Christmas sales. Interesting. It was already delayed a couple times too, right? It was meant to be a launch game. Oh, it was? I don't actually yeah, I, remember Yeah, I read reading that, that it was like maybe, a, I don't know if that changed very early on, but I do remember it was discussed as a launch game, um, but delayed here a year and a half to a, two years. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess there was probably a shit or get off the pot deadline. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> That's funny. I've never heard that phrase before. But, but so when I was also, one of the things I forgot to mention about prototyping, but, uh, one of the things that I'm assuming was like really important um, is is how how the game is structured. Um, you know, like if you cut a weapon or a gadget late into development, that has a cascading effect for how the mm-hmm. rest of the levels are set up because they are built around like your inventory system, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a coder, not a game developer, but from what I understand, if you if you remove one thing, it affects uh, you know it'll break the entire game in some way that you never anticipated. So. I'm just going to say that's probably what happened. You know, you take out the bomb glove and it's like, oh my God, it turns out all of Blackwater City was based on the bomb glove (laughs) code. We're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, There was also another interesting thing where um, in in terms of like time management, uh, Ted said that they had, quote, enough time. I don't know. He didn't like really specify like it takes this long to make a level, but he said as far as like budgeting and like scheduling their time, they had enough time to make 20 levels. 
but decided to go for 18 just to give themselves some slack, which that's a common sense thing. But also that is like um, I took project management courses um, and that's a very important thing is to give yourself that slack time, because if something can go wrong, it is going to go wrong. That's oh, yeah. just how it works. Definitely so, like, more so with like coding and development, I'd say, because that's also a factor at my job as well. But we're just we're, we're editors. So it's like, yeah, stuff, stuff can go wrong. But like, I don't think to the degree that it could go wrong for them necessarily. So, yeah. With like bug bugs and like troubleshooting and that sort of thing that can get really nasty really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, they also had a big emphasis on focus testing. So during development, the game was focus tested in 25% increments. So it was they had a total of four um, focus tests. He did kind of hint at, though, that because they had those focus tests, they had some kind of like insane deadlines to meet to have the game ready for the focus tests. So on top of having, you know, this is our like ship like final product deadline, you also have to stick on schedule in order to make these focus tests happen. Um, so I just thought that that was like really interesting. I mean, I think like in the end it benefited the game, but I kind of wonder what it was like to work in those conditions where it's like, yeah, we have to like get all the bug fixes and these like level goals met for this focus test. And if we don't have that, well then again, that has a cascading effect where like later down the line we might be fucked because we don't have important feedback to make balancing decisions and like crunch time all the time is kind of what it sounded like um yeah yeah yeah. so i just thought that was interesting i just wanted to Mm -hmm. share that very nice very nice and then moving on to the uh release and reception uh of the game it was finally released for the north american audiences on november 6 2002 um ratchet and clank was received very well by critics at the time currently sitting at an 88 on metacritic uh, the game was also very successful commercially with estimated sales in the range of 1.1 million units as of 2007, which is pretty, pretty darn good for that time. Um, and that's just in the United States. So it's probably much greater worldwide and then not counting subsequent re-releases. So, yeah. Um, Insomniac Games went on to develop three more Ratchet and Clank games for the PlayStation 2 generation, uh, 2, 3, and Deadlock. Wait, is it? Deadlocked. Yeah, deadlocked. But are yeah. they named? Is it Ratchet and Clank 2 Going Commando or is it just? I, I think it's just Ratchet and Clank Going Commando, but the logo kind of forms it too. Oh, okay. I don't know. People just say Ratchet and Clank 2 because it's faster. Actually, right. no. But I think it was Ratchet and Clank 2 in Europe, maybe? Or am I? Anyway, uh, whatever. The, whatever they do over there. Yeah. It's it's viewed as a trilogy and then there's deadlocked. Yes. <laughs> um, and despite a strong start in the PlayStation 3 generation with the Tools of Destruction, trilogy um it kind of went off the rails with like all for one and the experimental era yeah that was a weird time yeah um it kind of pulled itself together with um into the nexus i think like i think Mm -hmm. that was like a more traditional like good well-received version i want to say that that came out like for ps3 after the ps4 came out which was like a stream or maybe just like right before like it was just a weird weird time also it was a very Um, short game oh okay yeah but yeah so i mean like after that it kind of went on hiatus for all of ps4 there was the remake of the first game um the movie time game yeah the movie time game. (laughs) but there was no like new game so yeah that was i I got minorly disappointing um and during all this time insomniac was working on a handful of different you know publishing 
publishing different games with different companies, including Xbox and PlayStation. Uh, but in 2019, after the massive commercial success that was Insomniac Spider-Man for the PS4, Sony was officially acquiring uh, Insomniac games for roughly $230 million from what I saw, which Damn. is like so low compared to the other acquisitions that are happening right now, like with the $77 billion acquisition or 69 or whatever it is um, <laughs> for Activision. And then just like 7 billion for Bethesda, which is insane that yeah. that happened just like a little bit later. Considering the quality and the state of things at the moment. Yeah. Or like, as it has been for the past few years. Or is Bethesda worth like, 20 times insomniac like probably not uh somebody somewhere thought so <laughs> i guess i guess the major difference is they have the ip that they're they're buying ip as well yeah so yeah. with insomniac i don't know if i don't know what ip they own they didn't own like ratchet and clank obviously spider-man they didn't own um maybe sunset overdrive i don't know what the deal was with microsoft but they, they weren't buying ip they were buying talent which is you know good but yeah whatever uh, it's just a small number compared to the numbers we see thrown around now, like two billion for Bungie. Like, mm. I guess you're buying an active live service game and a lot of very smart people who know how like live service games function. Yeah. But still, it's like it feels like a weirdly low number. Also, people can leave. People, people go can leave other places. Uh, <laughs> a, well, a big part of a lot of these deals is paying for retention oh yeah, yeah. i see so mm. like i think everyone at bungie was like okay here's a hundred thousand dollars employee um please stay here for like two years at least okay <laughs> uh, okay yeah <laughs> which makes sense because you don't want everyone leaving no stuff gets shaken up but yeah so insomniac is now on board as a playstation first party studio and they've developed i think miles morales and Ratchet and Clank in that time, or Rift Apart in that time, is there two games, so it's not been too long, but there you have it. Hopefully Rift Apart is like the beginning of more Ratchet and Clank games. That'd be great, but I yeah. don't know. Games I feel take like, longer to develop now, so it's, it's yeah, weird. Yeah, I, I, I feel like um, Rift Apart definitely, with its like ending and stuff, definitely was like, yeah, and next we're going to go finally do this thing, and it's like, you better and if that if that like next thing is like the last big hurrah i would be okay with that because mm -hmm. like those mm -hmm. voice actors still like doing a fantastic job still love them to pieces but their age is starting to show a little bit like Ooh, listening okay. to them i'm like yeah they sound older <laughs> yeah i get that i thought it would have been dope to have like a similar to miles morales like exactly like miles morales where you have like this kind of budget game that's like just kind of built around playing as like a new character. Would have been awesome yeah. to play as like exclusively Rivet or something for like yeah. a shorter oh, game. Yeah. That would have been cool. But yeah, hopefully, I mean, they seem to be dedicated to Ratchet and Clank. So yeah, uh, hopefully it's selling well enough for it to be, you know, justifiable going into the future. But, mm -hmm. but yeah. All right, let's get into uh, the time that we spent with the game for this podcast. So we both grew up playing Ratchet and Clank. You probably have more experience than me. I I never finished Ratchet and Clank or Going Commando, which were the two games I had growing up. Mm -hmm. And I did jump into my Ratchet and Clank game to check my old save file, and I found it was very interesting because it's a, 
I found three save files um, spanning from 2006 to 2010 is like the most recent date. So that would have been third grade and oh, seventh wow. grade. Very interesting. There's a chance it could have been like my brother or something. As well. Yeah. But I, in my head, I was like, I don't think I ever made it further than Blackwater City, which okay. was true. Apparently I loaded it up. And it's like, oh, wow. I only made it to Blackwater City. Uh, I, I want to say that I stuck on the water thing. Um, my first thought was hoverboard, but it could have been water. Mm, um, mm -hmm. It could have been either of those. But yeah, that's like a interesting thing. I had 15 hours on that save file and I was stuck at Blackwater City. It's like, wow. I must have just been grinding these earlier sections or something. Yeah. Because uh, I had like 80,000 bolts. And it's just like, oh, wow. What was I doing? I just like hanging out. Yeah. 80,000. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> it's a lot. Because that's not like, I definitely wasn't exploiting some weird like grinding thing. I was just like playing the earlier sections again. Like, oh, let me hop back on this planet and run yeah, around. That's run around, fun. Yeah. Uh, I watched you play through all of the first game in college oh yeah. <laughs> yeah i forgot about that my profile picture is still that weird reflection of you from that day on my yes. phone yeah um that weird like distorted reflection yeah in the, um, in the mirror <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah we played through it then i did we finish it um i finished it with zach but i don't think oh, zach came left. over to my apartment uh mm. later like much later I, I think that was the same day that i like ascended on top of your wardrobe and just like you were, you were planking up there i was planking up there yeah <laughs> loved planking in weird spots yeah it was my, it was my thing um <laughs> so yeah i've i've got that level of familiarity with it and then i played through the ps3 stuff more played through tools of destruction and crack in time but not quest for booty because we didn't have internet access i don't think at that time yeah or credit card access i don't know what the the hang up was but yeah, and uh, I played through all of Rift Apart, got the Platinum Trophy. Nice. Earlier this year. Um, what about you? What's your experience with Ratchet & Clank? So I was a big um, Spyro fan. As a child, I was obsessed with dragons. I was a dragon and dinosaur kid. Um, mm -hmm. I had no idea that Insomniac um, made both uh, Spyro and Ratchet and Clank. That was a realization that hit me many years later, and I was like, holy shit! <laughs> oh my I like God. to think... I like to think your brain was just turned off for like the start of the game. Like you boot it up and you're just like, Brr. you're just like a, like DOS powering up, waiting for the main menu to pop up, like just ignoring all the title cards and stuff. Basically. Like, yeah. Well, because <laughs> so like the, um, the Insomniac logo in the Spyro games, it, I, my child brain never parsed that as like legible letters. I would always just like <laughs> kind of glaze over it. And then like later, when I say later, I mean, probably like 12, I was like, wait a minute. This is insomniac. Wait, Wait a, a minute. minute. That's a word. Ratchet, yeah. Ratchet and Clank. This is insomniac. Yeah. What? They're the same guys? I love them. I what are you going to tell me next? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell me, you're going to tell me Crash was the Jack and Dexter people? Oh my God, it was. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I knew that foliage looked familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so um, I was visiting my grandmother and we went to like a radio shack. Or like a Best Buy or something in that area. And I saw the uh, cover art for Ratchet and Clank Going Commando, which is the second game. And for mm -hmm. some reason, I just saw this like little like stripy cat dude. And I latched onto it and I was like, Dad, we have to get this game. And I <laughs> went and showed it to my cousin, my teenage cousin who was in the store with us. And I was like, 
what do you know about this game? And he was like, it's good. And I went up to my dad and I was like, dad, it's a good game. It's good, Dad. Let's get it. And he was like, all right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so then uh, that was like the, the age where like I didn't play the games, but I would sit there and watch my dad play. And we were both like enthralled with it. Like he liked it because guns and like explosions and, you know, like fun action stuff. And I was like, dad, where are his parents? <laughs> like, I was like asking like stupid like plot and like lore questions. And he was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, And the franchise would not answer that for many, many years. We did get Clank's mom in the first game, though. So yeah, we had that. yeah. But so so basically I was like in love with it, like right off the bat. Um, And then we eventually went back, got the first game um, and then got like the the third game as it came out. Second game, I remember seeing the commercials on TV and I was like, "Ah, new Ratchet and Clank. And, you know, I got a PS3 for Christmas for the purpose of, you know, getting to play Tools of Destruction and Kraken Time loved it to pieces, have always loved this franchise to pieces. But I was seething with rage and hatred. Uh, when they announced All for One and what was the Full Frontal Assault, which is a very questionable title. Full Frontal Assault. I don't remember which one was first. Um, I think it was All for One, Full Frontal Assault, and then Into the Nexus. What are the odds that they wanted to call All for One like foursome or something and they just couldn't get it approved? No, they did. They, they did. <laughs> they, they wanted... <laughs> Wait. They, yes. No, it was... Sorry. It was foreplay. Oh, foreplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. It was foreplay. And another one that, that Sony was like, you can't do that was multiple organisms (laughs) (laughs) yeah why not (laughs) what do you mean why not oh what's wrong with multiple organisms it's a good thing (laughs) you know yeah it is a good thing but not for um parents who have little kids who might repeat that or ask questions or you know um (laughs) mom i want to have multiple organisms like what you who taught you that um fun thing um that this just reminded me of so there is actually a let's play of ratchet and clank going commando and uh up your arsenal by two developers that actually worked on the game mike stout and tony garcia love those guys i think they're channel is called useless podcasts yeah because that was taken we could not call <laughs> our, our podcast useless right, podcast, unfortunately it. yeah no they have so many um interesting like behind the scenes things to say about like development and like how the engine worked and and stuff like that and like they they have such like funny perspectives on like levels that they worked on and stuff and it was i was like enthralled the whole time but where the hell was i going with that what were we talking uh, about just, just I think I think you were talking about uh, tools of destruction, and then you got a little. We were talking oh, about names of the the things. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I just remembered. So they were saying that they got hate mail from a parent who sent in like this mm. like strongly worded letter of like you need to stop putting like this gross potty humor in your games, and and they were like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> they like sent it around <laughs> the office and like made fun of it or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that that spirit um, with with rift rift apart ripped apart is still very much alive, and I it's definitely rip ripped apart, right? Like yeah, I heard yeah, a couple yeah. people try to get something else out of it, but I'm like, it's ripped apart. Come yeah, on. yeah. No, I I appreciate that. That I mean, they sort of like lost it with like tools of destruction. Isn't anything quest for booty though? Quest for booty was a bit forthright. Yeah, with its <laughs> yeah, and like yeah, yeah. you know, into the nexus. No, but you know, like I said, rift apart, taking it back, owning mm-hmm. it. As they should. Um, yes. Anyway. I feel like it needs to be 
it's needs. I don't know. They've kind of got away from that sort of like the potty humor, the potty humor stuff. Like it's not really, it's not, it's not, we'll get into this a little later, but the tone has changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you played every Ratchet and Clank game aside from the weird four ones, four player ones? I have played all for one. I didn't get um, Full Frontal Assault and I did um, buy Quest for Booty when they announced that the PS3 store was shutting down. I haven't played it yet, though. I also did because I'm like, well, I have to get this. Now. Right. This is the only what way. am I going to do if I cannot play Quest for <laughs> Booty? Right. But yeah, so I played all the games. Um, unfortunately, I never got to see the movie. Oh, um, Yeah. And I never I got really to read the comics. They had a comic series, mm. a short-running comic series, and I wanted to read those, but I never got to. Yeah. So I I have like a morbid curiosity for the movie. I don't expect it to be like amazing, but I, I'm curious. Yeah. Um, it's a weird that it happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's a Ratchet and Clank movie out there. Why am I not trying to see this? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, may- what is it going to be? What's going to happen? I don't know. Is it the first game? Mm-hmm. Kind okay. of. Well, it's like the more like the the different tone, you know, how you're saying the tone changed. So yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah, we can discuss that another time. We'll discuss that later. Um, but yeah, so what did you do for this episode? Did I played you through the, the game? whole game. All right. I got those golden bolts. You got the golden bolts. Did you mm-hmm. get, I assume the answer is yes, but you have like 100% of this game? I platinumed it. So that that requires all the golden guns. All yes, of the, all the skill points. All the skill points. Um, the million bolts achievement, which is hell to get oh my God, in the yeah. first game. I feel like even just it, even just grinding for the bolts required for like the golden guns is already like a yes. tall order. Intense. Yeah, I yeah, used yeah. the um, I used an exploit though to get the million. Was the, it the which one was it? It was the get out of bounds and. <laughs> Go walk around on the uh, hoverboard track and spam the uh, um, the yeah. um, the taunter oh, taunter. Yes, at the yeah, at yeah. the boxes, and I mm-hmm. um, set something heavy on my PlayStation controller to keep the circle <laughs> button pressed down, and then I walked away and did other things. Yep, yep. <laughs> that seems to be the that seems to be like the best way to do it long yes. term. Um, I grinded a little bit because I just needed like to buy the Tesla gun. Was it mm-hmm. Tesla gun? Tesla cannon? I don't remember. Tesla coil. Tesla coil. Uh, yeah. The, the lightning gun. <laughs> yes. So I did the uh, the big ratchet or the big clank thing on the robot oh, factory. yeah. I've seen that. Like, yeah. It's like a decent way to get just, you know, That's what speedrunners do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I did that. I didn't... And even getting all of the guns was kind of like... Like I almost got all the guns just playing through normally. Mm-hmm. But it's like I didn't get the rhino, of course, because it's mm-hmm. like... 150. That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's... That's a little strange. We'll get into the bolt distribution yeah. in, a, in a second. But yeah, I, I would be, I was interested in like doing 100%, but then I saw some of the requirements and I'm like, yeah, probably probably not for this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I played through the game on PS2 and I played through like up to the bomb factory on the Vita just to check it out. <laughs> okay. When you say the bomb factory, do you mean like the snowy place? Hubbin? The snowy place. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. It's cool that it's on a handheld. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that covers time we spent with the game, our, our sort of history with it. Let's get into some very important questions. Got a handful here for you. Hmm. First of all, I mean, this is becoming a staple at this point. <laughs> very important questions. Um, Ratchet and Clank, 
who lives and who dies. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, no. You played a crack in time, right? Yes. It's been a, it's been a very long time. I was going to yes. say, do you know about that? Does one of them die? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Does Ratchet yes. die? Yes. I feel like I kind of remember that. It's been, Ratchet. It's been a solid, like, over 10 years at this point. Yeah. Ratchet takes, like, an energy bolt ball thing to the chest. And stands there and is like clutching his chest and is like clearly like in the process of dying and then he falls over the edge and just like disappears into an abyss and clank is like and then he runs into the time machine and uses it to go back several minutes to prevent that from happening but there Mm -hmm. is a a a short period of time where ratchet is dead dead Mm -hmm. as fuck uh (laughs) but um i mean i have i i love them both i love them both dearly and personality-wise, I think I am actually no, I don't know who I am. I don't think I'm really either of them. But um, I have I <laughs> have always had a soft spot for Ratchet because he's like cat-shaped. So I have to pick Ratchet. See, I'm gonna pick Clank. I'm really, pick Clank? Yeah, because I think uh, Ratchet's kind of a dick I, in this game. I think. Well, it's not that I want to kill Ratchet. It's more yeah. so that I think that um, I think that of the two, I think Ratchet would be like you know it should be me. You know what I'm saying? That that is true. Ratchet would. I think he'd be the self-sacrificial one. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any any instances where he's like actually done that cuz there might be well, well Crack in Time is all about like I have to get Clank back and is like willing to do whatever it takes to get Clank back. So I I think that Ratchet Ratchet would make the choice of well they would both choose to save each other. I don't know. They're real Yeah, that's bros. true. That's <laughs> true. But yeah, I'd save Clank, you'd save Ratchet. This okay. is a very balanced podcast. Okay. Now, Ratchet or this this new hotness? Rivet. <laughs> new hotness. New hotness. <laughs> well still, I still have to pick he's my boy. He's my he's bestest my boy. boy. <laughs> he's been my bestest boy most of my life. I have to pick Ratchet. I mm-hmm. can't help it. Personally, uh I think I'd pick Rivet. Okay. I just <laughs> All right. again, perfectly balanced podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'd be down for like it'd be so weird. Has there ever been a series where it's like we have a long running series? Literally based off this one character, the series is named after them. And now we're just going to move on to a different character and see what happens. Like, what if Ratchet and Clank as a series continued through Rivet? Like, is that, th- I mean, like, it'd be weird. I don't, I don't think they should do that. But like, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, Star I would like Wars. to see more Rivet. Oh, yeah, okay. Star Wars. That's true. <laughs> I would like to see more Rivet. Like, I think Rivet is a very fun character. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I love Rivet, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm fine like with a, that. When compared within that game, I do like Rivet over new Ratchet. Yes. Like modern day Ratchet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Again, perfectly balanced as all things should be. Okay. All right. So we have now played through the first installments in the big three PS2 era mascot platformers being Ratchet and Clank, mm. Jack and Daxter, and Sly Cooper. Which of these three not necessarily which of these three is your favorite series, mm-hmm. but specifically looking at the first games, the first entries in their respective series, which of these do you think is your favorite? Ooh, I think, so as a kid, I think I would have picked Ratchet and Clank, mm, but as an adult, I think I like Sly Cooper the most. That's like literally me. Okay. <laughs> I think I might have picked Ratchet and Clank before, but like, I just feel like as a first game, 
Sly Cooper feels like I just really like the first Sly Cooper. Yeah, so do I. I really like it. And and it, it's hard because like there's things I I very much like Ratchet and Clank like almost like I barely like Sly Cooper more. But there's there's mm-hmm. flaws in Ratchet and Clank that I know are fixed later that make the later games much more enjoyable to play. That's that's a big component of this like yeah, like if we're talking about the second games, which maybe we will at some point, mm-hmm. um, I could see myself picking Going Commando out of that list. Yeah. But for this, these first, the first set of these games, I think I'm also going with Sly Cooper. Mm-hmm. I just think it's like, because they all kind of like, you know, took a, took a minute to figure out what they were doing. Right. And Sly, right. Co- Sly Cooper as well. But it feel, I feel like Sly Cooper, like that game works on its own. I don't exactly. Know, like, no, yeah, I was I was thinking about it in terms of like, okay, this game is presented to you. What would you fix about it? Sly Cooper, I don't really have anything to like. No, I just, I have minor, minor complaints. I feel like it's a very tight game. Yeah. Well packaged. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Sly Cooper. Okay. Well, we're in agreement here. Well, I'm sorry for this echo chamber of this podcast, everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're in agreement. Uh, ag- agreement. Agreement. Uh, agreement. <laughs> Okay. Now, a broader question. Mm. Um, do you prefer the clean ratchet, the modern ratchet, or the more crude ratchet? You know, the potty humor ratchet. I like the potty humor. Yeah, I like the potty humor too. <laughs> Skid McMarks? Are you fucking kidding me? That's so funny. That's so <laughs> funny. That's like your entire, that is like your sense of humor. Yes. Skid Mc, you're literally make those, you do the blank mcblank thing all the time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> did it originate from this game or was it just the mcdonald's thing i don't know well that too well the mcdonald's thing was probably in some way influenced by like that because like i grew up on these games and like this like the, the yeah, yeah, stupidity yeah. oh my god and there's like stuff in each like game that i just ratchet deadlocked is so funny it's so good like the the humor in that game is amazing. Like, I know that's kind of like the black sheep of like Ratchet and Clank games, but I can't wait to get to that game because I like kind of love it for what it is. Oh, me too. I'm excited. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Because I, I have no experience with Deadlocked. I don't really have any experience with Up Your Arsenal either. I think I've seen like the cutscenes for some reason, but. Up Your Arsenal also has some very good lines in it that like oh, I'm yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. about that's like, it has furry Bill Clinton. How can you not love furry <laughs> Bill Clinton? <laughs> That sounds great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm again, echo chamber of this podcast. Crude Ratchet, much better. I wonder what the aversion to the crudeness is. Is it like an, I mean, I guess it's an image thing. So, so with, um, I don't, yeah, that might be part of it. Also, I do know that, so like by when they were um, making Tools of Destruction, that was the first game where they like um, hired an actual writer to do like the lore and the plot and stuff. So I think at that point they were trying to take themselves more seriously and have like more of like a narrative based sort of like thing going on um, with like a serious, like emotional, like tone and impact and stuff. So I think that's sort of like when, I mean, that game still has like humor, but, and and like potty humor, but not like quite as um, rancid. <laughs> I, don't know, rancid. Like, I don't know what. That is what, my favorite word. Rancid. Did he just slide down a sewer pipe? You know, that's sort of like, <laughs> Literally rancid. Yeah, I get that. I'm ready to jump into the game now, an hour and 30 minutes into this. Yeah. Um, 
let's uh let's start breaking down the uh the campaign here okay i'm looking at the time mm-hmm. this may be a two-parter yeah this may be a two-parter because i don't want to rush this episode you know mm-hmm. if it ends up being three hours it's a good thing it was the ratchet and clank episode yeah was 30 minutes of it dedicated to naruto maybe <laughs> yes um <laughs> maybe but yeah okay let's uh let's jump into the campaign here so First of all, I think a um, now having not played the remake myself, I'm not sure like what all exactly was changed in the PS4 version. But I believe that I heard that the relationship between Ratchet and Clank was altered to be more friendly throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So in in the original, um, starting with Quark's planet, where Quark kind of like deceived them or whatever their relationship becomes like much more goes down the toilet. Like ratchets kind of like at clank's throat all the time and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they kind of have, you know, differing motives going forward. Like ratchet is after quark and then clank is trying to save the galaxy still. And they're just kind of like, you know, bickering all the time. How do you feel about that? Because that did not bother me in any way, but they seem to, it seemed to have bothered them when it came to remaking it. So, yeah. So as I can tell you that like playing it as a kid, I did not like seeing Ratchet being mean to Clank. It was like kind of like upsetting because it, there was sort of like this um like a little bit of like dissonance of going between they're like at each other's throat in the cutscene and then in you go back into the game and Ratchet Ratchet's just like standing there and like kind of smiling and they're like working together and like He's like using Clank as like a backpack, basically as like a gadget yeah, backpack yeah. thing, mm, um, okay. and and that sort of like felt like weird and like off putting to to me, and like also like as a kid, like why why are they being mean to each other? Why? And you know, not really understanding. That, well, it's because of the character motivations. <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Ratchet is just a little immature, and he's he's gonna grow out of it, and that's okay. Um, sort mm-hmm. of a thing. Um, and I think that was also like kind of the consensus back in the day, where like. People, you know, playing the game for the first time were kind of like, man, Ratchet's like kind of a dick. Mm. <laughs> like, why? And and so um, the game does end on like a really sweet positive note, though, where like, because because I don't know if you remember, like in the last cutscene, but like where uh, Clank saves Ratchet or, or well, so like Ratchet decides to do the right thing ultimately. And he's like, well, I have to protect my home and protect everybody else, whatever. Right. And so they defeat Drek. Clank saves Ratchet's life. and then like they they fall and like clank has like the little busted arm and clank is like oh i guess i'll just like go my own way now and ratchet's like hey where are you going like we gotta get your arm fixed like come mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. and then they like walk up. it's so cute and like so sweet and like i think that that like payoff makes everything else like worth it um but as a child i didn't understand that or grasp that mm-hmm. um Oh man, I gotta say real quick, as as an adult playing this game, playing later games as well, I don't mm-hmm. know why this thought even crossed my mind, but as they were going their separate ways, I'm like, oh man, do they really go their separate <laughs> ways in, the, in this first game? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so sad. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why I was like, even considering that, but I really right. legitimately was like, wait, do they not like stay together at the end of the game? Uh, yeah. yeah, in the moment you're like, no. Yeah, but yeah. that just shows that like that like matters to you and that's good. Like that's a good um like note to end on. Um so like as an adult, I am like 100%. I think that that their relationship in this game is hands down the most interesting and I still love Ratchet and Clank 
and their relationship in the later games. But I think from like making it an interesting story, I think they could have kept more conflict between them or something mm-hmm. instead of like we're just mm-hmm. best buds and we get along and like that's great like that's fine i don't really have a problem with that but i think there is a potential for like a more interesting story to tell if that makes sense yeah yeah i get that i i mean i like per- personally i like the idea of a relationship starting off kind of rocky mm-hmm. in this first game and then kind of improving with its later entries right um that's i feel like that's rewarding to like experience as yeah. opposed to it just like going great without a hitch right away. Yeah. I, I don't really like it never felt like it felt like exaggerated whenever they were like bickering and stuff. Like it never felt like it felt like they didn't like each other or Ratchet didn't like Clank more specifically. But I was never like, oh, yeah. man, this is weird. Like it's not it's not like Ratchet's trying to kill Clank. It's like, no, it's like, yeah, let me just sell this useless dude for both. Yeah, it's it, it's like, and he didn't like mean it. I know know, it's like whatever yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah I didn't I didn't experience that as a kid because I'd never made it to that section of the game but yeah I I enjoy the arc there so how does the ps4 version work are they just so they just don't get mad at each other starting with quirk so how it works I think is they're both naive idiots (laughs) okay like we're like um so 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 clank's motivation in the ps2 game is we have to save the galaxy and we have to, like, go be heroes like Captain Quark, right? And Ratchet's like, I just want to, like, get off this, like, dirt pile of a planet and, like, go do my thing and, like, be a cool dude and, like, adventure and stuff. And mm-hmm. then get, like, revenge and be, like, edgy that way. Whereas in the movie, I think it's, like, Clank is, like, a, a like a child experiencing the world for the first time because he came from, like, his, like, factory and, like, crash land. And he's like, ah, here I am. I'm naive. I don't know anything. And Ratchet is also, like, his whole thing is he's like, I want to be part of the Galactic Rangers, which is Quark's team. Basically, Quark's like Avengers, sort of. Oh, Like Galactic yeah. superheroes. And he's like, I want to go be a ranger. And so he sort of like took Clank's motivation from the first game. And it was just like implanted into Ratchet to make him less like grating, I guess. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. Which, but, yeah. But that's also less interesting. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I, So I have played like the opening segment of... The remake again because it was just included with the PS5 mm-hmm. thing. Um, I didn't did not finish it or you know go anywhere past like just a couple minutes into it because I'm like I'll play this. Got distracted by one of the other 20 games that they threw at me whenever I got a <laughs> PS5. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I do remember the Galactic Ranger part or where because that's the opening right. He's in like a training course or something. Yeah. No. Exactly. So how different is it like? level why like does it follow all the same beats roughly like they're going to this planet this planet this planet is it kind of yes okay. but some of the climates and and some of the aesthetics of some of the planets have been changed so like you know how um i think it's B- batalia the planet where it's like raining and there's like the tanks and there's the vietnam <laughs> the vietnam soldier guys there oh yeah and they're like, you need to go get that intel now like that sort of mm-hmm. like thing going on. Um, that is a snowy planet in the remake, actually, mm-hmm. which is like interesting and, and different that they like changed the environment for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, you know, like different like I think Quark is like less evil, maybe if I'm remembering right. And also. Yeah, yeah. Quark was like straight up kind of he was meant to be like a little bit of like a satirical like 
like a front, like he's putting on this front, but he's really just like a dick the whole you time. Know, you know what Quark is? He's the boys before the boys came out. He is, isn't Whereas he? Whereas like, okay, if there was a superhero in real life, they would be an insufferable asshole like Quark mm-hmm. is. And like, is Quark a superhero though? Like, yeah. But he's like, he's like a superhero, but does he have like superpowers? He just does heroic things. I don't think he's like, I mean, he's like strong, but not mm-hmm. like, he's just a buff head kind of a guy they they actually um they go over his backstory more and up your arsenal and it's kind of hilarious but okay we'll get to to that eventually (laughs) um so so in the movie it was you had drek as a villain but you also had dr nefarious with him i don't know if you know who dr nefarious is yes because he he's the main villain throughout wait is he the main villain in tools of destruction and kraken time he he is in Kraken. He's one of the villains in Kraken Time. One of the villains in Kraken Time. Yeah, and he's, he's like also the, the main, main villain, villain of Rift Apart. In Rift Apart, yes, because oh, yeah. he is like Insomniac's most successful. Like they like hit him on the head, cons- hit the nail on the head conceptually, and they were like, "Oh, we are like onto like some sort of like gold here with he's Doctor good. Nefarious." Yeah, yeah, he's good. No, he's very enjoyable as a character. Um, <laughs> very good. I like that he's not always the villain. Mm-hmm. He's just mostly always the villain. Yes, you know? yes, it's a yeah. good balance. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so, so, so Quark and Drek in this game are like the villains, um, mm-hmm. kind, well, Quark, did you do the segment on the planet where they take Clank away from you and you find Quark at like a shitty Gadgetron yes. stand in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> yes, I did. Yes. Um, yeah. so let's get into this, um, aspect of the game. Uh, how do you feel about the game's like underlying critique of like capitalism, consumerism, and other political topics like climate change and stuff live for it it is everything to me yeah no i i think it's um especially drek's whole like i think he has like a uh a a speech that he gives to like the residents of a planet and he's like oh yeah uh, we need a chunk of your planet and unfortunately that means that your planet when we take the chunk out it's going to like spin out of control and like explode in a flaming ball of gas i think is what he says and it's like sorry like Mm -hmm. it's so good like drek is like so it it is like a neglect for like the environment from him yes but it's also like the planned obsolescence of like yeah this planet that we just made is going to be bad eventually and then we'll just make a new one like it's like yes it's like looking into the future of like but also still like they're never making like permanent solutions they're just like making money exactly because capitalism yeah, yeah, um, it's fu- it's funny, and then Quark Quark's aspect of it of just being like a complete chill for yes. just like this meaningless, or like he has no like real morals or anything like that. Yeah, it's yeah, that's good too. He's there, he's there for the fame and the paycheck, and yeah, um, it's good. Another another thing that I like that the game, in in terms of like world building, I love that like you get to go, you know the the green. St- or it's called Orxon, like the green, like sludgy, hostile planet where you have to wear the gas mask because you can't breathe the air anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is Drek's home planet. Like that is the planet they just trashed and had to abandon. Right. Yeah. Yes. 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 So I like that you get to see like the result of like, yeah, mm-hmm. if you let the Blarg do what they're going to do, this is going to be every planet, and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's shitty. I I mean, like, is this a kid's? Like, what is the target, like, age specifically, you think, for, like, a Ratchet and Clank game? Maybe, I was... like, preteen to teenager? Like, like early for, teenager? For the first three games, yeah, definitely that. For mm-hmm. the, like, Tools of Destruction onward is probably, like, 
10 year olds and up mm-hmm. did yeah. did the topics like reach you as a kid like, no <laughs> i don't think so i don't think they did either i think i kind of like got that it was like oh cork's like a lie cork's a liar or something yeah. like that it was probably like my only takeaway or something but yeah, I don't think the climate change aspect, the capitalism aspect really it, no. spoke to me. I guess I understood like bad businessman or something. But yeah. Like, yeah. I also think I understood like, because there is, I think when you're introduced to Drek, do you remember the the cutscene where he's like talking and then he like starts, he doesn't know that the camera hasn't cut yet. And he's like, well, yes. turn it off, you idiot. And I'm like, oh, he's a dick. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder what like the best like it's this is probably this it's very appropriate like this is the time to start flirting around with like parody and like poking fun at like political things, you know, around ten plus years old, I guess. So I guess it's appropriate. It's not like it's not like Astrobot is discussing the Russia Ukraine war or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, how do you feel? We've already kind of touched on this, but do you feel like Drek was a compelling? villain like how does he stack up in your head against like dr nefarious or someone like that i think conceptually he's good i think he's a um i the only the only thing that i think he lacks that dr nefarious benefits from is getting to interface with the heroes directly Mm -hmm. so like drek is like establishes the villain immediately and you like ratchet and clank don't get to interact with him until like way later like i don't even Mm -hmm. remember when the first time they actually like interact with him is it might be the boss fight it feels like it takes a while for drek to even acknowledge yeah ratchet and clank right which is kind of another slightly weird aspect of it i guess yeah yeah but but as a villain i i i like how drek is like a parody of the evil corporate CEO um, mm-hmm. who's doing terrible things and, you know, looking into the camera and telling you about it with a smile. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I liked, I like Drake too. I think he's a perfectly like he's an above average villain. I feel mm-hmm. like. I like yeah. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of the stuff that you said, like his presence in the game interfacing with Ratchet and Clank probably could have like helped him feel like a more like present threat. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, How do you feel like the game flows from a story perspective, like going planet to planet, you know, beat to beat and stuff? Because I feel like that was maybe a weaker aspect of it. Like it did feel like and this is how most games are made, where it's like we made the we made the worlds. Now let's figure out how the how they move between them or something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The the formula of like because it basically every every planet follows the same sort of like template where it's like we show up at the planet we go through the obstacle course we get the infobot the infobot plays a cutscene for us that establishes the next planet and then we have like some like interaction between the heroes that are reacting to whatever the infobot had to say and then we move on mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean it's kind of like predictable mhm I mean, you have. I feel like, like from like some... a storytelling perspective, it's not like super engaging, but like it's, it's not bad. It's game. It's gameplay focused. Like yeah. it's not like it's it's suitable, right? But, like it's not it's not trying to be anything complicated to begin with. So I think, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's perfectly like functional and like fine. And and the game does throw you some curveballs, I guess. Like like you oh we get to Ultanis and then Clank gets struck by lightning and it's like well can't have Clank and then that's like oh this yeah, is yeah, different yeah. or mm-hmm. like you go to Umbris and do Quark's obstacle course and then Quark betrays you and it's like well okay mm-hmm. like you know stuff like that um 
I, I, my only gripe with like the intro info box to go back to that real quick mm -hmm. is I feel like it would have been preferable to have like actual people there that you interact with more so than info bots because yeah. then you get the interaction between Ratchet and Clank and stuff like that as, as opposed to them watching something and then like briefly commenting on it or something. Right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Anything else you want to add to uh, this campaign section? No, I don't think so. Okay. So I guess let's take a break. We're back from our break. I'm coming in with a cup of coffee. Morgan's got a cup of wine. A so cup. Yeah, not a glass. I guess that's a better way to refer to it. Yeah. So on to the mechanics. I can't remember what exactly changes with like the lock on function in the second game. I know it's an improvement, but I don't know like exactly what changed. Yeah, basically in this game, you kind of only get a visual indicator of I think you only get a visual indicator of whether or not something has locked on when you're like looking down sights. I, I think it does pop for the blaster. Does it pop up? You know, I can't remember. I know there's like a guide for like the bomb glove that shows up on the ground. And that's like a main I think it does staple. pop up for the blaster. Yeah, I, like a little green circle will show up. Yeah, um, I think it might. It's just, so in in the next game, it's more, that like visual feedback is just more consistent because there's some weapons um, in this game that I don't think really give any feedback. I mean, like I was pretty heavily reliant on like the flamethrower early in the game and then like the uh, Tesla yeah, cannon well, those, later into yeah, the game. Yeah, you don't really have to, you, it's like a spray and pray. <laughs> sort of a situation it suits the mechanics that are in the game better because you don't yeah you don't gotta aim and right i feel like it's a major detriment to this game like the the whole like it's it is like way more reliant on the first person aiming than i remembered i don't think i ever did that as a kid but playing it now i'm like i was first person aiming all the time so i could actually shoot stuff especially like flying enemies because they yeah. were like slightly out of the out of the way yeah well and also like um like one of the strategies that I think becomes like powerful, but maybe not the most like engaging thing ever is to use the Visibomb gun. Did you get the Visibomb oh, gun? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and just like stand in a corner and just send mm -hmm. out the bombs, the Visibombs, mm -hmm. which are like these little airplanes that like explode when you run into something. Or you can, I think you can detonate them manually also, but, mm. you know, just like setting up in a corner and sending out bomb after bomb and then like walking through the empty corridor or whatever after you've like cleared it out oh yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean like that was probably i got that later into the game it was one of my later purchases but i used it like the entire time that i had it like i would mm -hmm. just clear out any of the tanks especially any of the uh you know helicopter dudes because yeah. it would destroy stuff in like one shot it's also very powerful but completely useless during the boss fight yeah but useless during boss fight mm -hmm. so yeah um and i don't think that you unlock it until it was like fairly affordable i think it was like 15 and then discounted to 10 so yeah one of the more expensive but yeah um it was one of my later later pickups but i thought it was great mm -hmm. um what are your like go-to set of weapons for this first game um actually so like for the early game i actually use the wrench a lot just because if you have like a good sense of like enemy movement and like there are patterns and everything, it's very easy to just like hop around them and then like smack them a couple times and then kill them. Mm -hmm. Um, later game I use so so early game I also use the the pyrociter or like the flamethrower or whatever you want to call it. Um mm -hmm. and the the pyrociter is really, really handy for that um objective where you have to get rid of the sand sharks. 
to get the hoverboard. It's super just super, handy there. super useful for the like the little baby enemies. Yeah, for swarmers. Swarm yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but then later I would use I would mainly use like the Devastator, which is the rocket launcher type thing, mm-hmm. and mostly alternate between Devastator, Visabomb, and I mean the Blaster sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there any like golden gun that you particularly like? Because they do change the mechanics of the guns slightly. Uh, you know, I I never really focused on because by the time I got the golden guns, I also had the rhino, so I would just use the rhino. <laughs> like, That's a good point. Oh my gosh, I just realized I never looked up what the rhino in this game was like. Oh, it's I meant it's to do that. you know, I mean it's powerful. But yeah, go ahead and look at what that does. So. Just a lot of homing missiles? Yeah, yeah. Kind of has a slow rate of fire. Like, you kind of, yeah, like, yeah. you press the fire button, they, like, shoot out, and you kind of have to wait for them to, like, home around and, like, explode. Mm-hmm. I'm um, not familiar with every Rhino and every Ratchet and Clank, but I really enjoyed the Crack in Time Rhino that plays Beethoven's uh, Fifth Symphony or whatever it is. I, I don't think it's Beethoven. I actually think it might be a Tchaikovsky. I think whatever oh, yeah, Tchaikovsky think right. one where it has like the firing cannon like in mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. in the sheet music, I think it's that one. That one's good. That's like a that's a good one because it just yes. it's like a barrage of bullets and like rockets. It's just like a crazy gun. It definitely has a lot of showmanship. All of the rhinos have like a good visual sort of effect with them to where it's like mm-hmm. I feel like powerful using this, and that's part of the fun i think how do you feel about the uh the rift apart rhino the wormhole dude oh was that sorry rift apart i played it once and that was like a long time ago so that that was the one that like opened a wormhole and then you'd get like the easter eggs from different playstation games and stuff i'm not remembering the visual effect however there is a gun that it is sort of like similar to called the rift inducer uh it's fine i think i mean i thought i I like the the references i thought that was a cute touch yeah that was pretty neat yeah it's fitting for that game certainly for the sake of like pure like utility though i think my favorite rhino is actually the rhino 2 okay or the rhino 4 the rhino 4 is pretty good mm, i think that i did get to that point in tools of the destruction but i don't know if i ever i don't know if i remember it Mm. so so I sorry, I just confirmed that the Rhino 5, when you fire it, it plays the 1812 overture, which is by Tchaikovsky. But okay. yeah, I just wanted did to confirm. Quest, did Quest for Booty not have a Rhino then? No, it didn't. Okay. Gotcha. As far as I know. So Deadlock didn't have a Rhino. Deadlocked had the Harbinger. Okay. Um, which is basically that game's version of the Rhino. It's just like in universe not branded as a Rhino. Um Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So I mean, for me, my weapons that i like the most i really liked a lot of the gloves i liked glove of doom they're so cute yeah they're funny uh <laughs> and they get big whenever you get golden with them yeah because it's yeah that one's good i loved the drones that was technically a glove but you kind of just like activate it mm-hmm. or was it a glove i don't even remember but my strategy was always to like especially for the stuff where i knew i was gonna have to like aim at like enemies kind of like slightly above the horizon because it just like struggles to lock on if it's like not on your plane i felt like without aiming down sights and i would just activate the drones and they would just like block the shots for me so i could Mm -hmm. just like aim at them without getting hit so it was kind of what i did i i felt like i was fighting the camera 
pretty often. It does this thing where it like tries to take control away from you pretty frequently mm-hmm. um, based off of like where you are and I don't know how you're moving, which is not as much of a thing in the later games, but still early on in, you know, two control sticks controlling camera movement at the same time. So it's not like the worst. It's definitely not the worst of these like early 3D platformers with camera control, but noticeable enough to kind of get in the way. Did it bother you at all? The camera? Well, I mean, at this point, see, that's like something that's hard for me to give feedback on because I'm so like used to it that I don't even, any yeah. like camera weirdness does not even like sink into me. It's just mm-hmm. all muscle memory when I play. I get that. Um, one thing that I did want to point out, I think we should make a point. This should be like a little segment on every episode where it's applicable. Um, we need to just point out every game that makes use of pressure sensitive face buttons. Uh, and this game is one of them. I don't know if you remember where it is. I, I already read your note. So I okay, it's it with the myself. swimming. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to yeah, tell you that. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. You can swim faster up and down by pressing the button harder. Mm. Uh, neat you know yeah <laughs> it's probably it's pr- probably well suited for that um the flood section in mm-hmm. um blackwater city where you're like yeah oh i gotta get up i'm running mm-hmm. out of air <laughs> i feel like these pressure sensitive face buttons like they make sense you know on paper because for racing games and stuff you you want to like press the gas harder and stuff and then they're like oh wait what if we did that on the triggers instead and then it was like, oh, well, then these pressure-sensitive face buttons are kind of useless. They're not getting used. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, would, I would love to find a game that is not a racing game that makes, like, some creative use of this feature on the PlayStation 2. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. After we play every game, I guess we can maybe have an episode where we discuss best uses. Did you ever use the Sandmouse helmet? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that completely. Yeah. I used it because, like, I think I used it right when you get it mm-hmm. and then never again. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, like, kind of cool, but it's also not, like, super useful because, like, he doesn't mm-hmm. do a lot of damage. So it's, like, kind of neat where it's, like, you reward players for, like, paying attention to the environment and seeing, like, the little sand mouse house out in the world and be like, oh, got to put on my helmet and make him come out help. But then he's he's not he's not that that useful oh, so yeah, yeah. i just kind of ignore it I, that was like so unused i did have a section here where we can talk about our least used weapons and okay that was so unused that i forgot it existed okay <laughs> <laughs> um but that and like the taunt gun i never really found a use for Mm-mm. other than glitching bolts um yeah you can use yeah. it to so if there's like a like a barrier separating you and an enemy you can use it to make them come run into it other than that it doesn't it has so few, like, uses that it's, yeah, not really worth it, aside from the infinite bolt thing. <laughs> Do you think you could use that in the robo-planet, where there's those barriers? Um, probably not. So, so not, the, not the robot factory, um, because the game wants you to use the, um, the hollow guys. Uh, right. The, the robot disguise mm-hmm. uh, to... To make the barriers come down. And I, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think you can use the taunter to kill the robot to make the barrier come down. Um, it is probably useful for... Do you remember the Drex fleet? Like one of the last levels where you had to go on like a different ships and stuff. Yeah. Um, there's like laser lasers 
in there in like some of those rooms that I think you could use the taunter oh, to like make them for come. the dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so the thing with the handy. dogs was that they would recognize you no matter what, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Just making sure. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if I was just like doing the hollow guys thing poorly. No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird how they don't like them being pissed off doesn't like alert the robot guards. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're, I mean, they're just kind of like another obstacle in the room where it's like, okay, well, I have to deal with the dogs before I can like run in there and deal with the robots, which mm-hmm. you could just use, like, I would just use like the glove of doom for that and just like throw mm-hmm. the glove in, back out, let the explosions happen and then come back in and be like, oh, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've, I've visigunned my way through or visibomb or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just use the homing rocket to get yeah. through most of those on the robot factory and wherever I could manage on the Drex fleet. Um, Cause it kind of lets you skip some of the sections where it's like, Oh, you got to wait for them to turn around so you can jump over this platform mm-hmm. and then you got to switch back and I would just shoot them. So, yeah. And that way it's like kind of overpowered and like a little busted. Cause it's mm-hmm. kind of like ruining the developer intended like challenge of the level, which is interesting. I think it's nice that they just allow you to break the game. Cause it's like, yeah, it's it's something that you gotta grind a little bit to get, you know, mm-hmm. and it opens up like another playstyle. It probably lets you feel pretty clever too as the player. Like, oh, I True. just bypass this because I knew how to use this gun and this to get past this thing. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's 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 nice. The morph gun was something that I hardly ever touched as well. You just receive that one, right? You don't pay for it. I think. Yeah, you have to go through um an optional section of Ultanus. Mm. um i don't remember the actual like because there's like every level has like here's the name of the location and here's the name of the planet right it's hard to remember yeah i remember Ultanus, but i don't remember (laughs) the actual like city name or whatever was that the one where it was all rainy yeah swing shot Mm -hmm. yeah and no clank Mm -hmm. because he's no lightning magnet (laughs) Mm -hmm. just like zelda yeah exactly Mm -hmm. did it before zelda did (laughs) yeah what can i say um is that you don't buy that one from steve do you (laughs) no from steve you get the quote-unquote steve 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 mccork um Mm -hmm. you get the pda and ratchet's like public display of affection and it is a personal oh unless you just buy bolts wherever right buy ammo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but at a higher price for shipping oh that's for shipping costs (laughs) that's funny but that's a little dumb yeah (laughs) um all right. I guess that's in case you needed to like, I mean, that opens a door for you to like maybe cheese something, you know, with the Visigun, you just yeah. kind of hang out and buy, buy ammo. That know. or the boss fight, which I don't know if you had a section for the boss fight, but the boss fight's kind of hard. Oh yeah. I, I did later. Um, so I, I struggled with it as well because it's a long, it's an, like kind of an elongated I don't know. There's phases. Fight. Yeah, there's multiple phases. And you only get a checkpoint after the first phase, which takes basically zero effort, where you're just big clank smacking them a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get one checkpoint. And then you got to go through like three phases with some mini phases in between on that last phase. Yeah. And it's it's pretty long. There's only like, I think, a couple, like two health packs throughout that whole thing. Yeah. It's it's kind of intense, yeah. Mm-hmm. It um, took me a couple tries. I had to walk away and come back to it. So yeah, yeah. There's also um, so between each 
phase so like as you fight him and the phase ends he'll like destroy the arena that you're in and you have to there's like a platforming challenge between right. each phase so you could die there you could just die because there's no health packs and mm-hmm. some of his attacks are kind of hard to dodge um and uh not not this time around this time around was fine but i know like in the past i've had situations where i was completely out of all of my ammo um I was, I think I was like low on bolts for some reason too. So I didn't want to use the PDA too much. And I ended up having to use the suck cannon and wait oh. for certain attacks where he sends out the mines or where yeah. he sends out the um, little like Gadgetbot guys, little dinosaur looking dudes. Yeah. Um, and I have to wait for those phases to suck them up and then shoot him with his own hmm. thing. And that, but that was like required a lot of dodging and like it was stressful. It was sweaty. <laughs> That's probably intentional, right? The suck cannons, it's, you get that for free. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. you don't get to the very end and, like, have no way to damage him, mm-hmm. probably. Because other um, than that, your lo- only long-range attack is just throwing your yeah. wrench, which leaves you, like... not going to work very well. <laughs> yeah, it leaves you firmly planted on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there's that, the suck cannon, and the walloper, right? Yeah. The boxing glove one. Uh, I enjoyed the walloper. That was fun because I just liked smashing through people and <laughs> no ammo cost, which was nice. Right. Was there any other one that had no ammo cost? Uh, Taunter and Morph Taunter. Gun. And, well, I Taunter guess and Morph Gun. technically the Suck Cannon doesn't have, I mean, as long as you have things right, to suck Right, the Suck Cannon up. doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's cool. What was your, what, do you have like an absolute favorite gun from the game? The Rhino. Okay. <laughs> Besides the Rhino. Um conceptually probably glove of doom because little guys are so yeah. cute um, that one is that one in like most of the ratchet games it feels like no. a very like oh okay it's not um, so it's in this first one and it's in rift apart and it's in up your arsenal it comes back okay i wonder like of all of the ratchet and clank guns if there's one that's like most frequent oh let me think um mm, there's a pistol called the Combustor, I think, that is in a few games, maybe. Mm. I mean, the Rhino, kind of, but it's kind of a different yeah. gun every single time. There's always, there's gonna... usually a bomb glove. Mm. Yeah, there is, I think, always a bomb glove, it feels yeah. like. Oh, um, the the Devastator, that was its name, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's in Rift Apart as well, isn't it? I don't remember. Turns, turns into the Warmonger. Oh, I think that's the Negotiator. Oh, okay. Which is a different rocket launcher. No, the oh, Negotiator. Buzz oh, yeah, Buzzblades. Buzzblades is in quite a few games. Um, mm-hmm. That's a PS3 era. Negotiator is PS3 era, and that was in quite a few games. I think my absolute favorite gun is probably the Tesla Cannon, which feels like a cop-out answer because it's like the last gun besides the Rhino that you unlock, and it's just like super easy to use. Just kind of run around and hold the button, kill everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for just straight up utility, I mean, the blaster has a lot of utility. Blaster's real good. Um, the Devastator does have, like, even without, like, a visual, um, indicator, it does, like, have some, like, homing ability. Like, if you shoot in the general right. direction, the Devastator can, like, figure it out. It, not it's always. also got it's a, not a longer range than yes, the blaster. it does. So, that makes so. it pretty useful. Okay, one thing that I wanted to discuss in the mechanics section was the, uh, like, weapon swapping. And I felt like it was very clunky in this game. Like, I didn't like that you can't, like, 
So you can pause and go to the pause menu and like change your weapons and stuff. There was a weird glitch that I had. I don't know if it's because of like the way I was playing it that this thing was happening. But if I like ever tried to like switch to one gun and then I was like, oh, wait, actually, I want to switch to another gun. Sometimes it like wouldn't switch like the switch wouldn't take. I don't know. Like it wasn't very consistent. I don't know if that's something that happens when playing the disc based version of the game as well or if it's throughout all the versions but that was something that i noticed for my particular setup um when you say like sorry when you say the switch wouldn't take like you would bring up like the the wheel and like select okay interesting no no uh like go into the pause menu like select it ratchet's now holding it and then i go back to the game and he's not holding it he's holding the gun i was on before I've never had that happen. I don't know if it's because I'm playing it off of like a hard drive on the PS2 or what, because sometimes there's like minor issues running games that way. So it's it's hard to know for sure. But the quick select doesn't pause or slow down the game at all, which I think would solve a lot of my complaints. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's like it feels pretty limiting. Like I wanted a larger wheel or multiple wheels, which is something the later games do, because I don't know. It it felt like too many clicks to go into the menu to like change my stuff. I got kind of used to it, but I would have preferred to have like a wheel where I just have to hold triangle, move the stick, and then I have what I want. Did you customize your quick select menu at all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what I ended up with. I tried to keep all my most used stuff on it, but it was, I think the main issue was switching to the gadgets. Mm-hmm. was like the most annoying part. Yeah. I think a lot of those could have just been contextual too. Yeah. Like the trespasser. Right. The hydro displacer. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. It should have just been me walking up to the section where I use the thing and then Being able using to pull it. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Not have to go into my menu and whip out this big water cannon and slap it down. Right. Which is interesting because it does that with Clank's uh, hydro pack. Right. Like the yeah, speed yeah. to speed up. It does it with like your boots and stuff too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you don't you don't have to equip the magnet boots or anything like that. Right. So some stuff is contextual, which is just all the more reason that this should have also been like just a button prompt essentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's that's a minor gripe, I guess. I would have liked to see the D-pad better utilized as well. Right now it's just for movement because we're in this weird period where 3D games are still kind of like, oh, if some people might want to use the d-pad which Mm -hmm. maybe that was more common at the time but obviously us from like a modern perspective we're just used to using analog sticks for 3d games so i feel like using that for just like a quick select of like four different weapons would have been nice too Mm -hmm. like you don't have to go into a menu you just press up down left or right uh to get like one of four weapons would have been would have been neat um yeah so that bothered me i don't know if it was a big deal for you or not no, I would just so so when I would like get to a planet, I would already know like what certain things I would need. So I would just like customize my quick select for the planet and then just run mm. off and start doing whatever. I basically I like didn't put any gadgets on my quick select and I always just was like, well, I guess I'll just go into the gadget menu whenever I need to use it. Yeah. The so. only one that would stay on my quick select was the um uh swing shot. Slingshot? Swing shot. Swing shot. Swing it shot. It is swing, swing shot. Yeah. I used to say slingshot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's like, am I remembering this wrong or am I? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard to remember the names of all the guns and planets. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I want to talk about the hoverboard section real quick because 
I completed all of these without realizing that there was like a, a built-in, like a tricks to boost thing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, these are hard. Because <laughs> uh, I was just like barely able to get first place in any of them after like many tries. Wait, took like me... the, like your first like attempts through the race or I'm confused. Yeah. So I couldn't get like Blackwater City did not take as many attempts. It was killer on the Vita because of the tiny thumbsticks, but. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah. I was just like constantly like flinging myself off off the edge and hitting like explosive crates and oh, stuff no. like that. But the uh, the second hoverboard race, I spent a quite a while on um, because I did not know about doing tricks, providing boost. Yeah, yeah. For I, that for that one, you have to stock up on the rocket um, mm-hmm. shots, and yeah, and then also oh, and take the shortcut, and take the shortcuts. Mm-hmm. There's two. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know about that because you can't get the second one unless you know how to get some boost. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So after after you get one. so the gadget that lets you um get build up boost is called the platinum zoomerator. And after you get it, there is like a short tutorial where like the lady, the help desk lady, will like tell you like, hey, by the way, oh, we do tricks. It'll build up your boost. So maybe you just like so that or skip. Did you one. not have the boost thing for Blackwater City? No. You, that's where you okay. win it. You can you can beat that race okay. without it. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then yeah, you, yeah. that's like the grand prize for winning. Gotcha. Yeah, I just uh, I just uh, the one right through my brain, I guess. Speaking of Blackwater City, do you know about the Easter egg? Yeah. So I put, <laughs> I don't know where I stuck this in this. Um, I put it in under characters. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So let's just get to that. Get to the now. You, I think you were the first person to show me this. Um, so I'll let you explain it. (laughs) All right. So in Blackwater City, in the, the plaza where you can, um, enter into the hoverboard race, there is a, what would you call her? Buxom alien. (laughs) Sure. Buxom alien. Um, she's, she's a, an alien lady in like a purple jumpsuit type thing. And she's like the, the host or whatever for like the race. And, um, for, so when you're controlling Ratchet, you can squat and while squatting, you can hit X and pick a direction with the left analog stick and Ratchet will do like a sideways flip in that direction. And basically, so if you go to this lady and like squat in front of her and start flipping back and forth, um, her boobs will inflate and get larger and larger and more jiggly. Um, <laughs> and that's just in the game. It is in the game. So... We have this weird thing where there is um, in all of our top games for the PS2 right now, there is some some to some extent, some boobage happening. Yeah. Like Haunting Ground. A lot of boobage happening in Haunting Ground. Right. Uh, Ashley on the PlayStation 2 mm-hmm. or on Resident Evil 2 on the PlayStation 2 specifically. It's got some mad j- jiggle physics for the PlayStation 2 specifically for some reason. Wait, no. I cannot remember. It might. I, I already forgot. I, one platform of this generation specifically did not have jiggle physics. <laughs> it might have been the place. To I think, anyway, yeah, maybe. Uh, Jack and Daxter with Kira mm-hmm. and the other lady. Carmelita in Sly kind of has Carmelita kind of got some some boobage happening. Right. Um, is it, so this is I put it in there as a glitch, like a boob glitch. And I'm like, wait, no, no this is definitely intentional, yes. I guess. <laughs> It's be a very strange thing to be a glitch. Like, oh man, yeah, that is <laughs> what a, went wrong in the code? A developer Easter egg, which 
Um, they they mention this in um no, I don't actually know if they mention that in the in the developer playthrough of Going Commando. Um, or if I like heard this somewhere else. But you when you are publishing a game or like, you know, finalizing a game, you have to list out all the Easter eggs you put in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess so that they can like make sure that it's like rated appropriately. Um, and that there won't be like any nasty surprises for the consumer base. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so this I, game is rated T for teens. So I guess big inflatable boobs are okay for teenagers. Yeah. I I mean, <laughs> probably. Yeah. That's probably not, probably not enough for an M rating. But I believe that the way the ESRB system works is you tell them the stuff that's in the game. Like mm-hmm. you're like, here's, here's like the worst stuff in the game based off of your guidelines. Like here's what you're probably most concerned about. And then I think they give you the rating based off that. And if I believe if you, they find out that you like didn't submit something that was important, you can get fined or something. Ooh. Um, so yeah, it's not like, it's not like trickery most of the time, um, yeah. but we will get into probably some, some major ESRB related uh, shenanigans when we get to, gta san andreas with their, oh okay with their weird sex mini game that they, they left in <laughs> um but yeah so strange um when did you find out about that i assume in an internet time period yeah um there was a period later probably when i was around like 13 and like junior high high school area or um era <laughs> where i would mm-hmm. look up like cheat codes yeah yeah glitches and exploits and things like that um yeah so it was definitely then when i figured it out (laughs) or like when i saw it i was like holy crap are there any other like notable glitches or not glitches um cheat codes for ratchet and clank i saw that there was a lot of big head modes and maybe infinite ammo or infinite health i don't really remember i don't think so i think the like the cheats that you get might be tied are they tied to skill point i think they might there might be something like that i think so i know they are in the second and third well Mm -hmm. maybe not the third no they are they are in the third game tied to skill Mm -hmm. points well anyway it's not super notable i guess because neither of us really remember anything okay so i have another gripe related to like the bolt economy in the game yeah um i feel like the concept of like the the paywalls to progress like you got to pay for this info bot or you got to pay for these boots or this upgrade to clank was like kind of counterintuitive to like playing like it, it kind of forced me to play in a way that i don't think the developers necessarily would have wanted where i was hoarding bolts and not buying guns right because i didn't know if i was going to come up to like a 2000 bolt little toll or something mm-hmm. so i wouldn't i wouldn't like go out of my way to buy the new guns whenever i would get to the new planets i feel like having them be for guns and progression was just a mistake yeah yeah i was gonna say from from a design perspective i don't really understand why um they wanted to do the bolt paywall thing and i'm gonna go ahead and just say it now that the second game is the most egregious offender of the bolt paywall thing um Mm. and then i think they kind of like got rid of it um by up your arsenal i'm pretty sure i don't really Mm. i'm not remembering any paywalls in that one i wonder how Um, much of it is just padding like they wanted the game to take longer to complete 
I don't know because like when I play now, like the paywalls don't ever like yeah yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. like usually I have the bolts on hand. Like I've never had to be like oh shoot I got to go back and like grind some more somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like an annoyance because it just drains your bank account and keeps you from moving on to new weapons, which yeah. sucks because that's like where the fun comes from, right? I know, yeah, that's what they should be like encouraging you to mm-hmm. do almost. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I felt like that was strange, especially for the rhino. What does the rhino cost like? 150 grand. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was probably a better way to unlock the Rhino. It's it's kind of novel that it's like just this crazy expensive gun, but... Mm-hmm. I think the Rhino is... And this is, I think, the case for the first three games. I don't really remember about Deadlocked so much. But the Rhino is definitely, I think, intended as a new game plus weapon. Because... Yeah. Yeah, by the end, without like doing any grinding or exploits, there's like no way you're going to have 150 grand left over after your first playthrough. And then in the second game, they upped it to a million. And oh. it's like not impossible, but really hard to come up with a million uh, without, you know, doing like grinding for hours and hours. Mm. So I took it kind of like created this kind of like uh, elusive thing in my head where it was it's like this gun that is like, oh, my God, how great must this gun be? Like the yeah. the thought of it was almost more entertaining than what it actually could have been. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, oh, my God, I'll never be able to afford that. And I will say, I don't know if you remember this from playing uh, the, the PS3 games at all, but they did change it to you don't have to buy it anymore. You have to find these like hidden hidden uh, design plans. And once you assign, uh, assemble like the whole blueprint, then you get the gun. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they take out the the need to like save up a ton of bolts for it. Mm-hmm. Sort of. I mean, it definitely should be like a late game thing, mm-hmm. but I think tying it to maybe a different set of collectibles like that or some challenge related thing is probably preferable to this. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because even by the end of the game, I felt like I was only barely able to, like, get all of the guns. So I get that it's like a new game plus thing, though. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that plus the golden weapons, it's like, man, you could play this game for, you'd be, you'd be grinding this game for quite a while, it seems like, to yeah. 100% it. <laughs> yeah, multiple playthroughs. <laughs> I, I tossed the idea out to you that I was like, maybe I'll get the platinum trophy in this game and that probably definitely would have not happened um <laughs> if i had actually tried it but uh but yeah i think that's all i have for mechanics okay um the the only thing i think i wanted to touch on before we moved on was the the new game plus and basically i just wanted to cover like how it works so after you beat the boss fight um the game will prompt you and basically say hey do you want to time warp back before you beat the boss or do you want to start a new playthrough Mm -hmm. um and when you start a new playthrough you get to keep all of your bolts all of your weapons but i think they take your gadgets away from you again yeah yeah Um, and that makes sense yeah i guess because they'd have this like metroidvania sort of setup where you have to go someplace and then come back to it so right yeah so i only played it for like us that first intro section and yeah, I was like, all right. And I don't enough. know if you noticed, but on your subsequent, so on your New Game Plus um, playthrough, they do sort of like jack up the bolt economy a little bit. So you do earn oh, bolts faster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not okay. as much of a slog to like get to save up money. Like you just naturally accumulate more. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll get to see when we move on to going commando and up your arsenal and stuff, we'll get to see how 
New Game Plus has even evolved over time and I think become more interesting and more like fun. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on. Touch on the level level design, which I already kind of brought up, uh, with its sort of Metroidvania-like progression system. It does act in like a very, for the most part, very linear way. The process of like going to a new planet and like exploring the two to three different paths to get like key items and info bots pretty much always leads you in the same direction. I think there's one part in the game where it kind of branches off and there's like two planets you can go to now, but you kind of just have to like go around and then come back to the gas planet with the oxygen mask and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like mostly linear and like all of your objectives are very clearly laid out on the side of every planet. So you don't have to like wonder where to go with your new gadgets and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm curious if as a kid you remember getting stuck at any point or getting lost. No. I don't think so. I definitely I definitely did. And I don't know where, but I, I get I got stuck at Blackwater City, but I also remember being stuck at like the Sand Shark area. Okay. I don't know. Oh, I don't like know having why. to go back there and kill them all. Like maybe you didn't understand that, that was like something like I'd, you had to do that to get the hoverboard to progress. I really don't know what was confusing me because going back to it, I'm like, this is pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> younger younger Clayton. I don't know what I'm yeah. struggling with, but now the the Blackwater City hang up, I do understand just because like I've mentioned the flood section several times where basically what happens is you like get locked in this tunnel, the game locks you in this tunnel, and then it starts to, like, the water level starts to rise, and you have to run through this obstacle course and get out before you drown, kind of. Yeah, Very yeah. anxiety-inducing, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, otherwise you drown. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, that was, like, my least favorite part of the game as a kid, just because that, like, stressed me out so bad, and it's, like, kind of difficult for, like, It is, little... actually. There's, like, a very slim margin of error, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, for that mm -hmm. chunk, definitely, yeah. Uh, Umbris is also kind of difficult for, like, a little kid. <laughs> Umbris is the the cork, uh, where you have to fight planet. in like the lava yeah, yeah. pit with the yeah, yeah, because the checkpoint is I think a little stingy on that one too. Like, yep. Well, and you yeah. have all those like turrets and mines, and you have a ton of crap mm -hmm. to like dodge and mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that one's a little a little rough. I think that I liked that stood out. The rising water stood out to me as like one of my favorite sections of mm. the different levels. Okay, that was fun. Just a little speed running section, I guess, but. That and the water slide on Novalis, the second planet, or the first planet, I don't know, second planet, yeah, um, where you go meet the plumber and then you like mm -hmm. slide down. Love that part. Yeah. Big fan as a kid. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would just like go back up to the top of the water slide all the time and just slide down it. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love the swing shot sections on the, uh, the ruined city planet, Atlas. I think it was the planet. Altanus. Like Altanus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really liked that. Um, and like aesthetically, I liked the uh, resort planet as well. Um, yeah. As a kid, uh, Jawaii Resort was hands down my favorite just because it's like, here, have this whole ocean to swim in. And I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else stand out to you is like being like, oh man, this was awesome or this sucks? Um, I'm thinking as a kid, I... Like I already mentioned, I didn't like the the water rising section of Blackwater City, but I love the hoverboard racing so much. Mm -hmm. I, you know what? I like the the grind rail sections. Oh, me too. Yeah. Those are fun. That's, 
There's um the one on the Gadgetron planet. Yeah, that's, that's like what I was thinking of. of. That's yeah. probably like the most advanced one, I think. Uh-huh. It's kind of like the crescendo of the uh the grind rail sections, I guess. Yeah. Bunch of branching paths and stuff. Does hoverboarding come back in later games? I'm thinking no. Well, so there there is a version of hoverboarding that reappears in Ratchet and Clank Size Matters, but it's not the same. Mm, okay. Um there is a racing mini game in Ratchet and Clank 2 and there is not one in Ratchet and Clank 3. There's some kind of racing-esque mini games in Deadlocked. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that hoverboarding legitimately could have been like a bigger part of Ratchet's like whole persona stuff like that could have been like part of his identity, I think. Maybe grind rails makes more sense though, I don't know. Yeah. Well, in like a lot of like the marketing or the um at least the greatest hits version of the game came with a poster and it was a picture of Ratchet on a grind rail um mm. looking all mm. intense and angry. Uh but yeah, I think the the grind rails are definitely more of a mainstay than uh hoverboarding is. Golden bolts. Mm-hmm. I was going to say like did were you able to like was this something that you were tracking down as a kid before like having like a Yes. Um, yes. Okay. My well, so how I, how I mentioned um, that my when I started out as a young gamer, I was not doing most of the playing. I was just watching my dad, a little gamer. Yeah, a little gamer. Um, I was watching my dad do the actual playing. Um, and it took us literal years to figure <laughs> out bolt locations and skill points because all we had was right. dial up internet. so if you wanted you know to like look up uh a game faq or whatever or like a guide about something like that you would have to sit there for 15 minutes or however long it took to like connect and get the page to load and so we would just sort of like slog through it on our own some of them we never figured out um what was what are some that were like the do you have any that you like remember like as like an aha sort of moment or like (sighs) ones that evaded you for a long time um there's one on orcs on where you can see the bolt and it's like up on a platform and there's like a a circular um weird looking like panel in the wall behind it and you have to you have to use the visibomb gun to blow up the walls and the tunnel it like as you blow up the walls behind the bolt it like reveals this winding tunnel that spits you out somewhere totally different in the level and that one mm-hmm. is like kind of a nightmare. There's also on the Gadgetron planet Kalibo 3, um, when you ride the grind rail and go see the help desk lady in person off the edge of the platform, which in like some like random side of the platform that you like wouldn't really think to jump off of, you go down there. There is a teleporter that will teleport you to a completely otherwise inaccessible room that has a bolt and a bunch of chickens in it. Um, and that one took me. I found that one out by accident. Not by accident. I mean, I didn't find it out by accident. She gives you a thing that reveals hidden locations on the map. Yeah, well, we were dumb and we didn't look at the map. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so you're literally, sp- that's like, li- I think, literally what you're supposed to do immediately oh, after getting that. And be like, what's like, the oh, hidden areas? <laughs> there's a hidden area right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we didn't do that. And then I do remember <laughs> some of the... Um, skill points like the clue to 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 knowing what to do for the skill point the name kind of gives you a hint some of the ones in the first game are so vague like i remember there's a skill point called girl trouble and to get girl trouble 
um on the blarg uh station where you have like the the evil like little frogs in the tunnels and you have mm-hmm. the boss fight with like the big monster that is the girl and you have to kill her with the wrench only to get girl trouble really yeah okay <laughs> Well, that's which is fun. just weird. Um, and then in the second game, I remember one that had us stuck for like months until like I had to like figure. I just gave up and like looked it up. Um, is a, a skill point called "You Can Break a Snow Dan," and it's like, what the fuck is a snow dan? <laughs> um, and it turns out a snow dan, like snowman. It was just like a little snowman hidden off in like a random corner on the planet that had like one of the developers' faces like on it. And you just I'm had sure to like it break amazing. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, gonna see if I can find that. I want to find Snow Dan. Snow Dan. You can break a Snow Dan. Oh, I found it. Yeah. Oh, um, it looks so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The little yeah yeah, but that's just like hidden. Um, Dan was, I think, in Dan Johnson was an artist. Um, at Insomniac, and I don't know when, but he passed away. Mm. Um. I think maybe relatively unexpectedly. And so like the snow Dan was like a tribute to him and they like have like other Easter eggs in their games oh, that are okay. tributes to him, which is kind of sweet, but that's one of them. So he, he passed away like during the first game development then. That's, I, I don't, I don't actually I mean, That's not cool. It's cool that they memorialized him. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that sounded so bad. No. Oh man. It's um, cool that he died. No, oh, yes, that's not what we away. meant. That's cool. No, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh God. Um, okay. So yeah, that's all I have for level design unless okay. you have anything else. Nah. Um, all right. Let's move on to the characters. Um, are there any like side characters that appear in this game that you're like, love them? Helga. Love them. Helga. Yeah. She's great. Isn't yeah, she? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is a spoiler. Maybe you shouldn't tell me, but like, are there any characters like side characters, not Quirk that are like, Skid McMarks is in the later games, right? Like he's in Rift Apart. Isn't yeah, he's he? in Rift Apart. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other ones that are like kind of become characters throughout the series? Uh-huh. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am um, uh I hope it's the plumber. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, the plumber has like, yeah, yeah. Lore-wise, or or the the vibe of the plumber gets weird <laughs> later. I don't know how right. else to explain it. Yeah. Not, not sadly, not on the PS2 titles though. He's kind of like a conduit for like a lot of the political commentary. It feels like too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes, in this game. Oh, yeah, he does. He makes a reappearance in um, up your arsenal. Actually, uh, no, I'm lying. He makes an appearance in I think just about every game. Really? Uh huh. Yeah, he's in the second game. I forgot about him, but he's there. Okay. Yeah, that's neat. Like to see it. Love it. I love a good side character. <laughs> yeah. Oh, side man. character showing up like I that. I am so excited to get to up your arsenal because God, mm-hmm. it's got some good stuff. <laughs> Me too. That's that's one that I've never got to actually play. So yeah. That'll be good. Um I wanted to ask if there were any like jokes or references that you like did not pick up on at all as a kid went over your head completely. Yeah, um, I know that you have Skid McMarks noted. Yeah, that oh, yeah, yeah. definitely went over my head and like didn't get it. <laughs> years later, I like realized and I was like, that is so funny. And I didn't. Well, even I notice. think I understood a Skid Mark. Oh, I like didn't even a, know what that was when I was a no, kid. not not as like a poop thing, but as like a on the road thing. 
Oh, okay. oh yeah. No, I, I, knew, I knew that. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I didn't know <laughs> about the poop thing. It's yeah, I so didn't funny. know that he his name was Poopstain right? until later. <laughs> oh God. Oh. Um, yeah, there's there's that that I didn't get. Also, I think this one has the ending where um like the bonus scene of Steve Cap- McCork at Gadgetron right. in the personal hygienator and like grabs his crotch. What is he like doing? Yeah, is he shaving his balls or something? Like, I don't know what I don't know what it's doing. It's I just that, very uncomfortable. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like reaching to turn off the TV or something. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a. Uh, I guess he's shaving his ball. It was like a manscaped ad before manscaped right. ads. Yeah. Um. Um. And then like a bunch of like the political stuff went way over my head. Didn't. Even oh yeah, obviously. Understand. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm on the same board with skid marks. Uh, the boob. I threw in the boob the boob glitch in here. Didn't know it existed though. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't know where else to put it. The um. I didn't understand that the the soldiers on Battalia were supposed to be like Vietnam, right. sort of like yeah, a joke, yeah. sort of mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. Uh, everything else, I understood it. Very smart kid, so mm-hmm. got all of it. Yeah. Drek um, is bad. Drek is bad. Ratchet's and... kind of mean, but he's still good and cool. <laughs> um. So I put. Um. Do you prefer like PS2 Ratchet or like? ps3 ratchet i think we already discussed this in the uh, first part that's fine <laughs> i don't think we said it well no we discussed the humor like the crude humor, the humor versus yeah. generally yeah, yeah. um i think I he's prefer, definitely a, i was gonna say i think i prefer ps2 ratchet actually i think i do as well he feels like more of a character and i feel like the later you know ps5 and stuff it's like what is there to this dude he feels just like a good dude like you know it's kind of yeah. But also at the at the point you find him in Rift Apart, he has still been through everything in the other games. So he has he has like reached his like peak Zen matured state. Like there isn't really anywhere else for him to go anyway, besides mm-hmm. just being a cool dude. Cause like everything in his circumstances has like led him to being a cool, chill dude, I think. He's not gonna get like hot headed over something. Yeah, he's that. old. He's older now. He's like a mm-hmm. middle aged man. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's what I want. I want for him to still feel like all, you know, fiery and self-righteous about something or whatever. So Yeah, a little a little cocky. And that like kind mm-hmm. of sticks with him. He has like some moments where that shines through in the second game, the third game, and in Deadlocked. But by the time Tools of Destruction rolls around, that's kind of like way toned down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to discuss real quick Ratchet's character design and we can discuss any of the other characters' character design because I had a I had one point of issue with it, mm-hmm. and that was the uh, very dis- defined square teeth that he's he's rocking in this first game. I don't know if oh, that really? stood out to you. No. I'm just going to see if I can find like a good example so we can okay. better discuss this. The thing about this game that is kind of weird um, in terms of Ratchet's design is whenever you see him in like a cutscene, his ears are like so droopy and floppy. Right. But yeah, yeah. in game, they only get that way when he has one health point left. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, other than that, they're like pointed straight. Um, and that's something that doesn't really carry over into the ne- into the next games. Like in cutscenes, his ears stay more like consistent, which I think is strange, but whatever. I found one. It's literally the thumbnail of this video. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to put it in the PS2 chat. All right. Oh, see, that doesn't bother me at all. Like it, he get, it's not like that in the later games. He's got more like, uh, he's got like a jagged tooth and this, it feels like he's just got human teeth. 
Yeah, I guess. If he he feels he feels like one of those dentist dolls. Okay. With the teeth that you brush. Yeah. And that kind of bothered me a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, I lived. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if any of the other characters like jumped out at you. I feel like everyone's pretty consistent throughout the whole series almost. Like mm-hmm. uh Clank looks identical, just gets shinier. Um <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he's a robot, he doesn't change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's his design is real good. Um Cork uh-huh. and them all pretty much stay the same. In early production, Clank was originally supposed to be three baby robots, and they condensed them into one little guy. Okay. So he's just the one little guy. Yeah. Was it meant to be like the glove of doom just following you around, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they would like hover around like your head or or what mm. what the idea or if you could like swap them out for like different utilities maybe i'm not I'm not sure i don't know what the idea was but well yeah. i'm glad they landed on clank because i feel like his um dynamic with ratchet is pretty pretty solid pretty yeah. pretty perfect for this type of game right um, um i don't really have anything else to discuss with the characters unless you want to touch on anyone in particular no i don't think so i really love clank's mom that's probably one of the funniest parts of the game to me. I just thought that yeah. really, it really tickled me. And also, I love the shady dude that sells you the rhino. That's probably a nostalgia thing. Yeah. Again, associated with this mythical weapon that I will never attain. Oh, I did like the guy in Ultanis who is like, he lost his hearing. And so he's just like yelling at you. Oh, yeah. And he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> he was good. Yeah. Yeah. Helga, like you mentioned, or Helga. What was Helga, yeah. Helga. Yeah, she good. Um, everyone else, real solid. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. all I got for characters. Yep. Music and sound design. I want to know, like, what are the most nostalgic sound cues in the game for you? Because I got a handful. Novalis. So the the planet, I guess, after Belden soundtrack, where it has, there's like a little bit of like a hip hop. Um, I don't oh, know what yeah, it's yeah. called. Like the beat break sort of. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That like yeah, yeah. sticks in my head. Um, the... Gemlik Bass soundtrack is one of my favorites. I don't know if you remember what Gemlik Bass was. It was the one where you were like in space and you had to wear the oxygen helmet um, and you had to have the ship fight with Quark. Oh yeah, that's, that gets a little that gets a little spicy. Yeah, it's just it's just weird and I like it. Mm-hmm. And then also the sound effect when you pull out the Devastator and it like extends uh, and makes okay, like that okay. pow kind of a noise. I had the same thing before the uh, swing shot. That's the one that I'm like heavily associated in my head is pulling that out. Yeah, because it kind of has like a, a metallic like squeaky, like mm-hmm. a uh, kind of a, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Like it's priming. It's Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. Um, also the wall jump sound, the little boop. Yeah, pop, yeah. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that that stuck out to me like as soon as I came back to the game, I'm like, oh, I love this sound. Yeah. And also this this is like a whole like visual audio experience but like the loading screens and going to the different planets yeah the like doppler effect that you get with like the ship which that's that's like ingrained in my head what's the like, doppler Whoa. effect oh when you it know, gets like, like tiny it's uh it's like when a car passes you by it's like Whoa. oh Whoa. yeah no i yeah. love that the sound design yeah. is really good for that yeah mm-hmm. yeah now obviously that wouldn't happen in space uh, <laughs> but um but yeah that's uh those are those are the ones that like jumped out enough for me to like take note. Yeah. Um this, there is a video essay that I watched and I think it's uh, it's called something along the lines of like why is the Ratchet and Clank soundtrack so good? Mm. Um and it talks about how like um 
like it integrates all of these different you know types of sounds and like the hip hop uh, stock sounds and stuff like that. It was very good, very interesting. I am not a music expert. We are not music experts, so we can't. Famously, we are not music experts. On this <laughs> we podcast. can't like elaborate on that. But if you're interested, go find that video. Go watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I put that down whenever discussing the soundtrack. Was like, I I remember some of it and I like it, but like video game soundtracks just like rarely stick with me. I think they stick with you more than me. And it's just hard for me to like, like if I was listening to it on its own, I'm trying to think of like video game soundtracks that I even Celeste, Hades, um, but those are like <laughs> Minecraft, but those are legitimately like so good that they stand on their own. Mm-hmm. Whereas I like video game music. I like the soundtrack too. I don't know if I would be listening to it on its own unless I wanted a big dose of nostalgia, honestly. Well, I'm a sucker for nostalgia, so I listen to soundtracks when, I, when I'm in the mood for mm-hmm. it. And that's how I... I guess like pick up on it and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, that video essay that I mentioned about the Ratchet and Clank soundtrack is by Aster A S T E R. So if you want to look that up, Aster like from uh, Skyrim. Is there an Aster in Skyrim? Dark Brotherhood. Is That's that Astrid. Astrid. <laughs> you know, I remember approximately everyone's name. Okay, that's um, good. <laughs> So if that's all we got for music and sound, then that's all we got for everything prior to recommendations. Um, so where can you play Ratchet and Clank uh, in 2023? You can play it on the CRT, bust out that composite cable and hook it up with your PlayStation 2. And that looks real nice. Big fan of that. Um, I did notice some moving textures on like the PlayStation 2 version whenever I would get like close to stuff, but it was not like a big deal. That's like the only like visual like oddity i guess that i was like picking up on and that may be a thing in the ps3 and vita versions as well i just didn't notice i remember the ps3 version and the vita version uh, both having some like ui issues little hiccups i think the gadgetron vendor gets like all stretched and squished and stuff right am i mistaken it does yeah 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 which is a little strange because you interact with that guy on a constant basis and he's just all smashed um which is weird i don't know who ported this i i'm curious idle minds idle minds um and i think i i don't think it was even like their fault it was like budget constraints (laughs) budget and time constraints Mm -hmm. i get that um i liked the vita version it was cool to just have ratchet and clank in your pocket but the tiny thumbsticks were like an issue sometimes you Mm. got you got used to it it was enough to persevere through but narrow pathways and hoverboard races were kind of difficult so other than that pretty good I noticed that the Vita kind of has like a dark screen in in general, and I was playing it in like pretty bright environments. Mm-hmm. So some of the darker levels um, were more difficult to navigate. But yeah. So uh, were you emulating this one? No, I played the um, uh, 10th anniversary edition HD remaster, whatever you want to call it, on my uh, PS3. Um, gotcha. However, I do know this game is notoriously difficult to emulate, and I... Don't I think okay. it has to do with just how the game was made. I don't know if it has to do with like the optimization or something about it does not like to get along super well with emulators, but that it's not like impossible to emulate. Mm-hmm. Um, just just kind of tricky, I think. Yeah. And that's kind of surprising considering this is probably one of the most, I don't know, desired games to emulate if I had to guess just mm-hmm. based off, you know, other it's a it's a very popular PS2 game. So, yeah. That's uh, that's a, this this game desperately needs to be brought forward uh, in like an authentic way. Not, I mean, like I don't have any gr- problems with like the remake, but like just this trilogy of games being playable 
not through PlayStation Plus streaming would be would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so Morgan, uh, do you recommend this game? Hell yeah! I'm gonna Always. say no, honestly. Nah, wow. just, no, no, not really a thing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Childhood just, I, crushed. <laughs> we both love this game. I think it's a. Uh, would you like still? So, like, let's say someone's never played a Ratchet and Clank game. They love the PS2 for some reason. Have not played a Ratchet and Clank game. Um, do you recommend they jump into this first game, or is like the second game so much better? Because I know that you love the second game. No, no, I would say that they should jump into the first one. Okay, that way they can yeah. appreciate the second one more. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you know, despite like some sluggishness compared to later games, it's definitely definitely very playable compared yeah. to a lot of other like PlayStation shoots. It holds up better than most. So yes, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it's got a nice little story. It sets mm-hmm. up the universe. It's fun. The villain is fun. It's a fun game. In case someone skipped to like the very end of this podcast and is just like hoping for like a summary of everything. It's a good game and you should play it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So normally we discuss like whether or not we think a game should be remade in this uh, tail end of the discussion. But if this game has already been remade, so I don't really know if it's worth remaking a Again, I want to discuss like what is the general consensus around this remake because I was under the impression that most people liked the remake, but you seem to have you it's, seem to think otherwise. Yeah, well, I've gotten like conflicting information because I personally did not have a problem with it, but um, people in <laughs> so there is a uh, well-known uh, Ratchet and Clank speedrunner, uh, Zem uh, X E M, mm. and he did not like the remake at all. And it seemed like, um, you know, he's like a pretty uh, popular, a decently popular streamer. Um, and I think it sounded like his chat didn't really care for it either. And they were like, the arsenal was boring. And they didn't like some of the changes that were made, uh, stuff like that. But I personally, I don't have a problem with the remake. I think it's fine. Mm. I could see that being a pretty difficult, like group of people to please is the people, surprisingly, the people like still, like hardcore playing the original yeah like, i don't know because they're they're the they're the ones who are going to be the most demanding most likely right so. and just that being said while i have speedrunning brought up as far as speedruns go ratchet and clank speedruns are some of the most entertaining to watch by the way like mm-hmm. they're like kind of nutty um <laughs> it's That's not cool. like a, a seven hour long thing they're like you know an hour or some of them are even like down to 15 minutes like it's kind of wild so nice if you're interested check it out i i watched like a tiny bit of it uh in preparation for this episode and it was it was neat there seemed to be like a lot of like discoveries made at various points and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. that was cool so yeah i just think the the main games need to be brought forward i think that we got a remake and it was it was what it was just some sort of a porting to modern platforms would be great and sorry one last thing like circling back to the remake i think the thing that was most disappointing about the remake uh for me was the changes to the plot did not really leave any room Mm. maybe i mean no i think you could still work it out but i was like hoping like oh they remade the first one now can you remake my favorite game the second one and they didn't do that which is fine but i was also like i want Mm -hmm. that remade and all pretty Mm -hmm. I think my ideal would be like a crash insane sort of treatment where it's like a tri- yeah. the, the trilogy and it's just preserved, you know, gameplay wise and stuff like that, but visually is updated. Right. That would be that would be the ideal. 
Right. And the tone and the story are preserved. Yeah. Too. So I kind of missed that. I did miss that in the remake, I guess. It's hard for me to imagine uh, like a scenario where that wouldn't sell like gangbusters. Like, yeah. um, And I don't know like what development wise that what kind of how demanding a project like that would end up being. Um, Assuming it is like the three games or whatever. I assume you can get away with $70 for like remaster of the three games, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also like, um, not to knock on Spyro because I love Spyro to pieces, but like Spyro is like platforming and level design and like mechanics and stuff are very like simple. The games are kind of short or it's like mm-hmm. this is like a longer because like you have some pretty long levels and like a long experience and and new game plus and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Like I would pay $70 for a remastered trilogy or whatever, but mm-hmm. yeah. Man, I was all on board for the Crash and Spyro like trilogies remastered thing that was going on mm-hmm. they were so they were just like so nice and polished and like it was it still had like all the old game jank like the first crash game is a nightmare yeah um but it was like so pretty and stuff that it was like oh this is a fun nightmare yeah um yeah i don't know like it caught on for a little bit it seemed but yeah it, i wish we were still getting these like remastered trilogies on the regular that would be yeah sweet yeah i think we've we've sort of like entered the era of 90s nostalgia and i think we're gonna have to wait just a little bit longer before we get into the early 2000s nostalgia if that makes sense maybe yeah i'm primed and ready with this podcast yeah yeah i mean we're (laughs) we're ahead of the curb on the nostalgia train i guess yeah yeah that that would be my deal we talk about a lot on this podcast actually the uh the the theoretical remaster of Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Dexter, and mm-hmm. Sly Cooper as just being like an awesome, oh, be an awesome like trilogy. But yeah, what would you personally like to see next for the Ratchet and Clank series? Okay, they have been teasing uh, for like ages now. Um, of so, so the thing about ratchet that that's not really explored on the ps2 games at all so i don't really feel bad about bringing it bringing it up um ratchet is basically the only lawbacks left in the galaxy mm-hmm. and tools of destruction and the future trilogy follows that plot um kind of got dropped for a little bit but then rift apart picks it back up because we have rivet and also we have a device that lets you travel to alternate dimensions and one of those dimensions is where the Lombaxes are, like the rest of them. And I'm like, can we please just go see them? <laughs> I just want him to see his family or, you know, his like the rest of his species. I want to know like what what their vibe is, what the culture's like. I got to got to see all those little fuzzy guys. Mm-hmm. I have to. Please. I'm obsessed with those critters. Give me more. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, so it's it's kind of left open for a sequel, right? At the end of yeah. the part. Well, there's like this whole sort of like subplot with Ratchet in Rift Apart where he's sort of Clank is like, hey, um, so so the the dimensionator nader, sorry, the dimensionator, the thing that um Nefarious stole and used to like create all the chaos that happens in the game was a Lombax invention. And mm. it is used and is part of tools of destruction, um, but it gets broken. And it doesn't work anymore. So you can't like use it to do anything. But Clank fixed it so that Ratchet could go see the Lombaxes and like reunite with his species. And um, then like Ratchet's kind of like wishy-washy like, oh, I don't know if like they'll like me or or whatever. And I'm like, please just go. 
Um, and then at the end of Rift Apart, he's like, yeah, okay, we can go find him. Um, so that's where I hope right. I take it. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, your camera just like <laughs> gone. We were both like, just oh, hello. Worked. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's good. That's good. I really want them to make more of this, like this, this series with Rivet. Like I hope Rivet stays for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Games take much longer to make and we'll see how. Right. How that ends up going. I know they got their hands full over at Insomniac with freaking every Marvel property under the sun. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I assume they have like a Ratchet team just kind of always working on Ratchet. If I had to Maybe. Guess. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I think a new game in that series would be what I would like to see next. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all we got for Ratchet and Clank. We did it. All right. Tell me about our next game. Oh, sorry. I forgot to clap. We got to clap. Forgot. Um, all right. Our next game, we are going to play Crash Bandicoot Wrath of Cortex, the first Crash Bandicoot game not developed by Naughty Dog. Ooh. And, you know, a very divisive video game. <laughs> um, I will mark my words. I'm making a verbal commitment to finishing this game, okay. even if I perish in the process, because... Whoa. It's uh, I think so. I played this game. I reviewed it on my personal channel, and I just like straight up couldn't finish it, and I like hated it. Um, <laughs> have you grown stronger in the years since? I hope. I hope I have um, more resilient. I'd li- I would like to try to persevere and finish it. So we'll we'll see if I if I hold if I can be held to that. I was gonna say um, no. There there is no. We'll see. You made the commitment. I made the commitment. Yeah. There's just, there's a plethora of bullshit in this game. Okay. Um, which is, you know what? That's faithful to the crash formula. Yeah, kind of is, isn't it? It kind of is. Um, but yeah, we'll play it. It's a pretty nostalgic game for me, honestly. So I grew up with this game, played it quite a lot. So there's a lot of, you know, fun imagery and characters and stuff that I'm all about. But the game itself is too difficult. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that's uh, what we'll be doing next month. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please support the podcast by leaving a review or rating on whatever platform you like to listen on, subscribe, or follow to stay up to date with the games we're playing. And share the show with a friend who also likes the PlayStation 2, I guess, or this generation of video games. Um, also, write in with any questions or feedback to analogstickmail at gmail.com. Send all hate mail to uh, there as well, I guess. We'll, we'll read it. It'll be nice. Thank you for adding that. I almost tripped up at the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>